Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Collective Podcast. Um, these are these bitches are flying out like hotcakes, man. They're <laughs> doing tons of these now, and uh, it's 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 due to all the awesome people out there and people that are reaching out that want to be a part of it and talk about things that they love and and being involved with um, the conversations and all that stuff and. So um, that leads us into today's guest, um, Wiley Robinson, who's a art director at Ubisoft in Toronto. Um, he uh, reached out to me after, I guess he was after Justin Cohn's one, right? Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin Cohn's uh, interview. Yeah, and, and you're you're a big fan of motion graphics, right? Yeah, I I love motion graphics. I wouldn't say, uh, you know, I dabble with motion graphics, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you, but like a role. Explain to me kind of what your perception of what an art director is, I suppose, because everybody has a different one, and I like yeah. to hear different people's interpretations of what they think it is. Um, at your job, your current job, what is that like? In like, what is your position like at what you do? Okay, so right now I'm the art director on a. I can't talk say what the game is. My no. Little Pony. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna respond to that. One. It's in 3D. I'll talk about it from how about from the perspective of Splinter Cell, right? Sure. Yeah, it's already out. You can talk about it. Yeah. So on that one, my official title was uh, presentation art director. Uh, you know, some crazy title. Which, if you're not in gaming, you're like, what is that? <laughs> it gets Basically, abstract. Yeah, it's, it's so <laughs> bizarre. You know, like, and we'll even get into how that title translates into why it's hard for them to fill that position. You know, sure. Because like, sure. if you're art director at Prologue. Um, and you hear, well, would you like to come to Ubisoft and be the presentation art director? You're like, well, what, dude, what is that? Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. What is that? <laughs> yeah, and it makes it hard for recruiting to search for someone outside of games. But basically, that meant I was uh, art directing all of the front end, so that's all of the menu systems. I'm a, I'm a very uh, aggressive uh, designer, so if I see, like, I was looking at the game from through a designer's eye, like, oh, shit, where can I input more design into the game that would be interesting. Because, like, I'm a fan of games, and I always looked at them like, man, you have so many opportunities to do this and do that. So yeah. I would, like, whip up some, like, rough comps and show them to the creative director. And, you know, fortunately, that dude's, like, pretty open-minded and has pretty good taste. So it was like, oh, you know, he was excited, too. Like, And then the next step is like, well, how the fuck are we going to do that, you know, type of deal. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and I started at the studio when it was, like, 10 people there so we were like just kind of getting the rough ideas for what the next splinter cell was going to be and i would just try all kinds of crazy stuff like i was a one-man like graphic design team you know mm. and i would do lots of style frames and over time you can also let me know if i start rambling there. no no this is what this this is the <laughs> beauty of what the podcast is i think it, it allows us to really be ourselves as best as we can as genuine as we can so that when we're listening to this we get a really decent perception of what this person's about what they're doing what they're talking about you know so and i think all of us in um well most people i can't speak for everybody we, we all ramble about especially about the stuff that we love because it's just it's so vast it's so vast yeah. it's hard to describe exactly what it is because i asked you one question but you've gone into this whole pair <laughs> like this dynamic of let me tell you but that's how i am yeah, too it's the same thing one. 
yeah volume <laughs> one and we got it's it's in the in the in the last volume that it's like there's a thousand uh volumes and i'm still writing the last one so <laughs> yeah it's yeah. never ending it's infinite about these things so no but um so you're so you have your task um on splinter cell which is um to go back into to my relation to that game uh, i didn't play a whole lot of games growing up i played like metal gear solid um when it was on playstation that's the only reason i got a playstation and then i ended up getting a couple other games but splinter cell was one of the other ones too because i love those like spy kind of you know like shoot them kind of games and, and 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 try to solve things and so splinter cell the original one on PlayStation was one of those big games that I got, and I got so fucking frustrated I couldn't beat it. <laughs> the first, you're talking about the very first one because I, I yeah I get confused because it started out Splinter Cell started off as a Microsoft exclusive, right? Oh wait, and, I'm thinking of Ty- Siphon Filter. Sorry, I'm thinking oh, of a tol- totally different game. I'm sorry. Like, They're all ah, how dare you? <laughs> it's dude, we got some serious fans. They might come get you. Dude, come on now. It's not that shooting pew pew game. It's this other pew pew game with uh, a guy with the, he's got facial hair and he's like facial hair guy with a super thing. <laughs> you know the whole. Uh, well, then the only thing is, uh, so let's see the difference. So Splinter Cell's like this Tom Clancy game. You know, it's all about sneaking, and it was supposed to be like it's basically the opposite of like Call of Duty shoot everyone. It's like you can complete a mission without killing anyone. You know. Ah, uh, yeah. And, Sneaky, and sneaky. Yeah, and it's funny. Splinter Cell sucked me in too because I'm a hardcore Mac Apple guy, you know. Mm, uh, yeah. And but it was so tempting that it forced me to buy uh, Microsoft. You know. Boo! No joke. It was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I got a Microsoft product in my house. You know, <laughs> they train you in design. I went to Columbia College in Chicago, you know, yeah. and they train you to like love Mac. You know, that's what's in the graphics lab, whatever. So I have this evil box in my house that I had to let in because Splinter Cell just looked so ill to me, you know? Yeah. And yeah, that game was super, Splinter Cell was super hard because it's a very different concept. And uh, yeah, so so that that's, it's funny because that was like the introduction to me for the three six, uh, Xbox. And then now I land up working on the, the franchise, you know? Yeah, there you go. The the evil has set in. Now, I've actually. It's what's funny is I've been thinking uh, because I'm doing some uh, like really big personal projects with a bunch of really talented dudes, and like their fucking files are so big I can't even open them up on my shit Mac, and I'm like, ah, I'm getting frustrated. It's getting in the way, and I'm and I just talked to one of my friends. He's like, yeah, I got like a triple quadruple core super beta big mama booty thing and it's like dude how much was that it's like just a couple grand I'm like fuck <laughs> i need a yeah. pc i just need to get a pc that i can build spend like three grand on it and have a beast and then i and i put it in my closet when i don't want to look at it <laughs> but i just hate the operating system i just can't get around it you know i just i can't dude it's just so annoying there's always pop-ups and just shit everywhere all the time it's just a nightmare when i get on the computer i just want to work and then i want to be done and shut it off and not have to be like you know install this thing and have i don't want to deal with that you know i just want to get in there and get out and that's the problem i have with pc that's my big (laughs) that's my big issue (laughs) well i i still have an amazing relationship with microsoft Shout out to all my friends in Seattle. <laughs> Dang. Pl- <laughs> fucking Microsoft plug on the, <laughs> the podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, like I, I like work, the Xbox. I the Xbox is cool. <laughs> no, the Xbox is fucking rad. I own that. Yeah. Actually, uh, my friend of mine actually gave it to me because he was leaving the country and I was like, all right. And um, 
it's fucking it's a it's a cool little piece of hardware it's cool and it's got really badass games on it too so yeah, yeah it's, it's funny man because I, I had to stop playing games when it was all about installing stuff on my machine because it was like about design so i didn't play games for a bit until like the consoles really got hot because you install a game on your pc and if you don't have the right 3d card etc cetera, etc cetera, you know so i just kind of got out of it and what i liked about the consoles you put the disc in and the game works you know mm. so so i get i guess i'm like not the superest hardcore like steam downloading guy you know? <laughs> yeah but i'm getting it i'm getting into that more because of I, I work with some serious game people man like they play bizarro board games that weigh like 75 pounds <laughs> <laughs> you know these are some serious awesome people <laughs> so people love their games man they get they love their their games i i remember playing games and being really into it and uh and it can take you away from what you're doing it's it's a lot of fun it could also be really disruptive and distractionary and just kind of bad but at the same time um it's fun you know i I don't know i've had a lot of talks recently about like the future of gaming uh, immersive experiences with like because you know like i think films are aren't nearly as powerful as they used to be and where that's all going um because of just technology and our our ability to uh interact with things differently now and the experience more about the future is all about experiences you know it's like not this one way yeah yeah molding molding your experience customizing your experience yeah it's it's funny that sounds so like back of the box customize your experience (laughs) Uh, yeah no real 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 customize your experience uh, real stuff or the question is, are we getting older, and then it's harder su- to surprise us and, and engage us with, with, you know, with film, you know, because it's funny how you, you can watch something now and you go like, oh, I know what's going to happen in, in about 15 minutes here because of blah, blah, blah. Yeah, know? yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. I mean, yeah, you, you, there's, there are some films that still surprise me, um, yeah. whether I like it or not, you know, and then, but yeah, there that is true. And it also is um, part of being uh the amount that we've ingested and all that kind of stuff you know and it's like almost like we're everybody's after that first time they saw like star wars you know it's like the first time you saw a nipple you're like you know it's a nipple (laughs) yeah yeah and but (laughs) but it's like you it's it's that one-time experience you make it really great when you first have that experience and uh yeah i don't know but i have a lot of just the way i look at all these experiences and what video games are doing and I was actually, it was funny and ironic actually because I was, while I was working today, I was watching um, the documentary on Naughty Dog and how they made Last of Us. Have you seen that documentary? No, I need to see it. Oh, it's killer. It's really great. Um, It's the name of that thing. I'll find it here in a minute, but it's uh, really good. I'll have a link at the bottom of this podcast for people that are interested in this stuff because it's... uh, it's really cool for people that don't know how much work and how intense it is to make a good game, let alone, like, I, I'm, I'm hearing, I haven't played this game, but I've, I've been hearing from everybody that it's this game is really, really a, a really special game. It's got, like, a it's just very good human, like, core connection kind of thing going yeah. on. It's very yeah. cinematic, I suppose. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cinematic in a different way. Like, it's starting to touch on, like, what you're saying about the future of you know the future of film or let's say the future of storytelling right like uh 
There's a little dog that's probably going to bark in a minute. How <laughs> dare that little dog. Now, I have a little dog too, but I put his ass downstairs because he gets crazy. Every time I'm on a podcast, he's like, hey, uh, won't we, we get, get on, on this too? <laughs> I got some design uh, things I'd like to discuss. Yeah, let's, let's, you know, let's talk about Pantones. <laughs> Shut up, dog. <laughs> but it's like the uh, – what they did is like, you know, they, they – like, you know, if you watch a horror movie and the, the strings start playing, you're like, oh, my God, don't open the door. You know, there's an evil thing on the other side. Yes. They did a really good job of giving you that feeling while you're controlling the experience. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's what makes the dope. You know, like, they made the, the way it – like, it's still a game, right? So you can get shot a hundred times, but still it's like you're afraid to just go pow, 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 pow. You know it, it, they just did a really good job with that game. I, I can't. We can talk about that game for two hours, but <laughs> that's awesome, and that's cool because like you're just a fan, then obviously, right? Because mm-hmm. and you're a fan of games in general. But you're you're. I think that's when I'm getting at too, and I, I'm speaking just from my outside pers- like my perspective on all this stuff. But like people are fans. Like um, I, I love it when a good product like that comes along. Like I'm saying, I haven't tried it, but I've, from every review and all the people that I just crazy about it there's a dog (laughs) but it seems like everybody just wants to have a good experience really and um it seems like a lot of companies big corporations and stuff like that when they're not led right they just think that the people are stupid or something and they try to just make something that's just not it doesn't have the pure core of what people really enjoy you know and there's a reason why like et is a classic film there's a reason why jaws is still such a great film there's it's it's a person it's a personal uh relation relative like relational thing that you can have you know and like you said when they do the strings and everything and you and it builds suspense and stuff you know there's a there's a human interaction that is easily connected with that and if it's done properly it's like magic you know it's like a magic trick you know yeah and it and transports like, you that's the beauty of it well even just to go back and now this is my assumption because you know i've only i've i've worked at ea prior to here um and and ubisoft so i don't know why games are the way they are at every company but the way i feel is games are one they're really expensive to make yeah so, crazy expensive so now companies are gonna be afraid to take a risk right sure sure uh, understandable the team, the team like splinter cell took years to make so then you're also like um it's tough to take risks when it takes so long to see like the point of going from a sketch to like your first coat of paint is a long time long time yeah so it's like you gotta make <laughs> Years. you gotta make calculated risks you know um and I, but i feel like of course it's changing with uh and that's to do like triple a you know like huge games you know yeah Call of duties you know, splinter cell whatever gta type deal did you listen so, to alex preston's podcast that i had with him no, I haven't had a chance no, to I like. Think you might like and, that. and these things are like, like, boom. There's so many. I was like, oh my god, this is like a college course now. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, so a many. Ton, there's a ton of dudes on here, and he's one of the. He's a really impressive case study. I don't. Sorry, I didn't mean to interject, but oh, I, but he's. I wanted to talk to you about that too. Is <laughs> your uh, your thoughts on all this stuff? Where it's more like a D and D game, smaller development, smaller team, smaller core good fun gameplay really cool style and he did the yeah. kicks- he did the kickstarter thing i think he was originally asking for like 56,000 or something like that and he got funded for like 650,000 or something like that I, the numbers wow. aren't right but um 
which did turn out to be a huge success and it was you should i think you'll really enjoy that podcast just because of um his his story i thought just thought it was really amazing it was awesome in this day and age i just love hearing that kind of stuff because it just means that it's this power to the people you know like it's, yeah it's, it's, it's a it's a new generation of it's a new way of doing things it's a new way of supporting one of a, another um and it's just really killer i don't know this is rad and it's, it's dope for like gaming as an art form right like it's yeah. good for big companies to be challenged right because then you have these dudes that they take different risks and you know they, they push things in a different direction and then maybe that will also uh influence you know people that are at x big studio you know whoever they may be you know so that i i, I really like I really like all that stuff. And the real dope thing is that a lot of the indie stuff seems so like, it feels like designers are working on a lot of that stuff. Yeah. You know? Well, that's what Alex is. He's, he's, I think kind of like an, a designer illustrator. So he, he comes from mm-hmm. that different angle. I think that's another really cool thing is when you get these guys that have different angles of interest and, and, and points of view, um, yep. you get a whole different range. Uh, I recently worked on some stuff for like a video game company and i was like just uh, very direct with them in the beginning i said just be honest i'm not a video game guy i don't really focus on it i don't pay attention to it i'm not into that world and they were like that's good we want that because we need a fresh eye and i'm like oh that's a good way to look at it you know i didn't really think of it i was kind of, but i wanted to be straight up and honest you know because i don't want to be like yeah let me work on this and i just really don't know you know like, yeah and, and that's a tough one, you know, because like, are you, can you say what game this is? Uh, I can't. Yet? I can't. They'll <laughs> cut, they'll cut pieces of my body up and is feed it, it to the NDA. What's that? Is it not published yet? Or yeah, it's not even like spoken oh, okay. about. I guess I don't even Got know. You. Got you. There's Got so you. many. There's so much stuff that I've done that I'll never see the light of day. Or I that's I heard you talking about that on one of the podcasts, and I found that interesting. Giving, maybe that was the one with you and uh, G Monk, like talking about, like, you know, don't sign this thing that doesn't allow you to like share your work, and like, uh, yeah. I totally can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it like, becomes really ta- taxing and challenging. Well, I guess uh, what I was saying is that when you're doing freelance and stuff, it's it's a damage to you as a professional if you can't show the work so if you're gonna if the client's gonna require that from you then you have to be cautious of like how much damage that causes you Um, monetary damage i guess you would consider that to be but um yeah and then you get you know you get into that whole debacle of like you know can't show the work and then you've done all this stuff and then it's like uh what's the point you know you're stuck yeah yeah, because then it's like oh i've actually have done a ton of stuff since then but i can't show it because it's just uh yeah i'm stuck with like this old thing or whatever i don't know it it, it gets it's kind of a poopy situation but but yeah that's just kind of the name of the game with a lot of these things and a lot of it makes sense it's it's they have a huge risk they are paying you to help them out and um, it's just kind of part of the system, unfortunately, but it makes sense. So, you know, there's 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 a reason that why they don't want to release the stuff just yet. They want to, you know, hold out so that when the fans are ready, it's a big deal for yeah, them and everybody surprise. involved. Yeah, and it's that's totally cool, and I understand that and totally support that as well. So, it's just a, there's a I have a lot of just fucking 
baggage from stuff waiting in the <laughs> yeah i was listening i was like man that sounds like some stuff went down with this dude <laughs> yeah quite a bit of stuff I, I like i'm dealing with some stuff that i i'm as soon as i get word that it's cleared out i'm gonna have a podcast about how not to get fucked over so <laughs> it's like it seems like so many people uh, are in the same boat as well too so which is totally unfortunate but sorry i'm totally uh segueing this conversation everywhere i'm just like all over the place i apologize <laughs> well, it's also you know it's funny because like we've we've never really we've never spoke before. No, so this is the first time. The funny part is it. it, it I was thinking before we got on this call, like man, this is almost like me being a stalker because I know all about you. I know what your voice sounds like. <laughs> I have no idea, it's stalker like I'm just guy. Up, like hello, you know. So <laughs> we've never spoke. Um, so I thought you about? were going to be a young Asian woman. <laughs> <laughs> could be. <laughs> no, no. Could have been. Could have not. been. <laughs> um, you know, so we're kind of feeling each other out. And then like... Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I guess we're just <laughs> we're just having a conversation. So yeah. It's, yeah, it, it makes sense that we're going to go off track. It's pretty loose, you know? That's what she said. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> Hey, but I don't. I don't say that. Like uh, I, I hate to say. Well, no. I'm. I'm a pretty uh, uh, loose-lipped uh, guy. Like I'm super, very locker room, probably. You know. Yeah. Like, I always try to clean, clean my, uh, clean my shit up when I'm being professional. I guess so people take me seriously. Yeah, you have to but kind I, of I, in certain settings. You got to play that role. But I can. But I can totally take the locker room thing because I'm big in listening to the content than the delivery. Yeah, yeah, same, same for me as well. Well, I'm a huge fan of like comedy and shit, and like yeah. I find humor in the universe around it because it's all fucking silly joke. You know, yeah. if you can't find humor in how stupid shit is, it's just like you just really can't enjoy life. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I'm just kind of used to that kind of humor as well. Just like you know, making jokes in light of silly situations. You know, just because that's. You know, what else are you going to do? You can't be serious about everything all the time, you know, and the same thing. And that's probably I've heard I've heard some people complain about it. My like my inability to be like serious at times Mm. and just like (laughs) fart, (laughs) like laugh about farts and stuff. But I apologize to you, sir or ma'am out there who gets uh, sensitive about me talking about farts. (laughs) Actually, I'm not. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. Well, <laughs> well then wait. I'll, I'll help you. Then I'll, I'll bring us back. I'll do the art director thing and bring us back. <laughs> then and, uh, let's see where something about doing making mood boards or something. Yes, <laughs> so yes, I, I we are. Something. We let's go all the way back to the beginning of this. When we were talking about <laughs> you defining what your role is at the your contributing factor at Ubisoft. Yeah, and then, and I think this is also a tip for like. Um, you know, someone that's becoming professional or is professional is that you have to be uh, uh, aggressive. Like, you can't always wait for someone to say, I need this thing. Like, you have to almost have, like, a entrepreneur's type mindset. You know, like, um, I, I, I was tasked to do certain things, but I, I wanted them to know, like, hey, we could also do this, you know, do X. Oh, you know, yeah, that doesn't of course. always work. Like you have to be, you have to understand. Like, well, that's not what they asked for. So one of the key things is always give what's asked for first. You know, like sometimes I've worked with people where they're like, "I know you've asked for this, but this is way cooler." And you're like, "Dude, but I needed this thing, and why <laughs> that?" So like, yeah. that's that's a rookie mistake. Yeah. Um, and it's like, so you give like what's asked, and then you, it's cool when you try something different, right? 
Sure. Uh, so I, I well, on that production, yeah, the production line of, of creation, which is what making video games is. It's a pipeline kind of, yeah. Yeah. So it's like I lucked out, uh, you know, with the creative director and myself, like agreeing on like uh, w- going way beyond like just the menu because it's like we had these projected uh, panels which were like you know in space uh you know like back in the 70s they used to do the split screen like if we were both on the phone it would like you'd call me and then the screen would slide over and there you would be uh, on the left side of the screen or whatever yeah you know having the conversation so the the logic was because sam fisher was like always out by himself in the field but now he had a team so in order to show his connectivity with the team we project like their conversations on the wall and the or floating in space and the data mining, et cetera, you know, like the, 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 just to help tell the story rather than him crouching over in a corner holding his earpiece, right? So yeah. it's kind of had fun with that. And then, you you're, know. You're touching uh, on the subject of thinking rather than doing, and you're talking about storytelling and problem solving. That's a really big key factor that I've noticed that is a, becomes a big, interesting conversation that leads into a lot of things. But it's like, you know, like you said, we could just have it do this or something that's traditional, but we're, we went into investigated the world and try to apply our own take to it. And that's really where a lot of this stuff comes down to, you know. Yeah, no, it was cool because, like, actually that's where the idea started with the traditional split screen type of deal, you know. Mm-hmm. But we had this system in game where, uh, you know, before if it was like, hey, go defuse the bomb. What they did in the previous Splinter Cell was they had this great idea where they would project like like uh, st- story snippets and some gameplay tips on the wall, you know, because the game was all about darkness. So I looked at that system and I was like, man, dude, what if we took system and did the split screen in there, you know, like yeah. that. Like, that could be like a fun way uh, of, uh, you know, telling, helping to tell the, the story, assist telling the story. So it's like landed up art directing that stuff. And that stuff was way more complicated than you can imagine. Yeah, of course, man. <laughs> like to pull that off, like to, because it's like it needs to work in unison with the camera tracking. You know, the, the, the sound needs to sync up. It's just like madness. So like, much work. Yeah, once we decided we were going to do that, it's funny, like, when we had the first meeting, I was like, wow, there's, like, 20 people in the room to do this stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, it instantly gets out of control, especially yeah. with all the applications and dynamic, like, world creating. Yeah, it, it was, yeah, and things needed to be a certain way because the player can customize the characters and blah, 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 yeah. you know? Um, and then it was like, uh, we did like, I think we did like 15 to 20 minutes worth of motion graphics. That stuff we did with Wolf and Crow, it happens like they have this big tactical table in the game that's called the SMI, the strategic <laughs> mission interface, right? Yeah. That that's like their war room. So before they go out and you know, that's, that's where they plan what the mission's going to be. And there's like a cutscene that establishes the mission. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, we couldn't make all that stuff in-house. And for me personally, you know, like I, I, I like to set expectations. So it's like, hey, man, you know, like to me still, like I basically made like a uh, like in the start of the project, I had like imagine like an infographic and on the left side was a minority report, like best ever motion graphics, you know, in a movie. Um, and and also because that was like a totally new idea and it was just like the way they visualized it, all the thought, it's just, 
it's dumb it's just crazy well they right? use they had futurists you know how that all worked out right like how they yeah. had futurists come in do all that stuff and and then they assessed what the future would be and then then decided to design the the, the future yeah it was a really and smart like, move actually because they they so thought about cool. it before they actually made action so it was so it's weird a lot it's really rare and another thing i was going to say that's we would have actually worked together because <laughs> um wolf and crow contacted me i have a couple of friends that wow. work there and they're like hey we have no not chad <laughs> but they're like we we have um this project and i signed the nda and all that stuff and it's like oh a splinter cell and we have this thing and i was supposed to ha- come and help on it but then um i don't know something happened with the current job i might have been on ender's game or something i was like i just got totally barraged and i wasn't able to help on it but that'd have been funny uh-huh. if we had a not if we had not have known one another and then which got is, connected so you see you got me excited because which is dope i thought about calling you anyway <laughs> before that how dare you um, not call me <laughs> not <joking. laughs> but uh the other thing you know to that note is the sad part is like uh so i worked mainly with like chad and kevin right and then you know chad is art directing creative directing the team at wolf and crow so there's probably designers that worked on this that i don't even i have no idea yeah <laughs> you know? of course and yeah. like some of that's kind of like sad you know like because i can't say man you guys did a great job like hopefully through chat well I, chad and, and uh, kevin were really dope dudes so i'm pretty sure they told people how like uh, you know, please be were with the work and like even all that kind of stuff, man. Like, uh, man, how to? I mean, I'm trying to figure out how to go backwards a little bit, because uh, like when I first uh, like okay, going back to setting expectations, right? Yeah. So it's like, uh, and we'll eventually get back to the Wolf and Crow because prologue comes before that <laughs> even. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, I was like trying to get. Because uh, you understand, I'm talking to game designers, so I'm trying to get them to buy into why this fidelity of design is so important. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you got to see the same page. So it's like on this one end, I had like Minority Report, then Iron Man, then there's some stuff in between. Then on the right, uh, I hope no one has worked on this and thinks I'm slamming it. It's like CSI Miami or something. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like made a, a reticle and I was like, okay, we're going to be somewhere in this area. Like not saying we're going to compete with, cause I didn't want them to think that we're going to hit that iron man. Cause like, yeah, that's a lot, that's a lot of work. Understand. <laughs> there was like a team of 25 plus people at prologue working like day and night to get that. Pro, that an Iron Man two thing, I th- I think that's like yeah. at least my analogy of what happened. But yeah, sorry, you were saying though. People underestimate like now when you look at um, not that Iron Man is two D. There's a lot of three D in there, but oh, I, yeah, I think yeah. a lot of people assume that oh well that must be easy. You just did a periodic table and you match move the ca- like, no. <laughs> like the idea the ideation <laughs> and the process of getting that out is that's the time suck that's the time yeah. killer yeah. yeah yeah that's yeah. that's 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 what eats up all your time is when you sit there and you have notes and crits and calls and talks and redesigns and designs and color shift hues and all this stuff and you're <laughs> pixel fucking everything to death that's really when when you're wasting the time not wasting it that's when the time gets spent but yeah it's absolutely sometimes i sit back and i look back at a job and i go like fuck that looks like it's pretty easy if I just had thought about it properly, and I think it all comes back to thinking, you know, you have to be really properly in the right mindset for how you're thinking and how you're getting shit done properly, you know? Yeah. But you know what it is, man? It's like, uh, that's also a sign that you've done a really good job (laughs) is when it looks effortless, you know? 
Oh, I but guess those, so, yeah. Those, interesting. those process videos and stuff, I think, you know, for me, it was like really, like I learned a lot from like just how to see like, uh, uh, you know, man, as far as I'm concerned, prologue is like the best in the bit. Like Kyle is like our generation saw bass type guy. You know, Danny's also in that like, they're they're just dope. So to see how all that came together was was pretty cool. Um, you know, so now that expectations were set, and because because there's some interesting man, there's so much stuff to talk about. Just sure, uh, there is. Uh, but I, it's like I also want to make sure because I have a real big concern with how design is treated in games, mm-hmm. and I don't feel that it's at this high at. I don't feel like it matches up with the re- like when we talk about broadcast and film, you know. At, at the moment, there there's definitely some cool stuff out there. Like Call of Duty, they 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 go crazy with their MoGraph. Like that's who I look at, you know. Like and I'm also competitive, so I was like, yo, I'm gunning for them. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, of I course. Murder those dudes. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna laugh um, when they hear this. So <laughs> um, so it's like. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm trying to convince, uh, like the game team, like, yo, this is why we need to get this outside studio and we can't just expect to build that caliber team internally. So we're going to use the outsource. And they're like, whoa, we've tried that before and it doesn't work. And I'm like, dude, it it could totally work. You know, give me a chance, whatever. So they, you know, they gave me the rope to hang myself. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) The problem I think why it didn't work is like some people don't understand, like, for example, no, this is my guess. Like every single thing Prologue makes isn't dope as hell. And part of the reason that thing happens is because when they're even briefed in the beginning, they're not briefed properly from the client that's asking for the work. Yes. So there's a communication the error. Work comes back and it doesn't quite fit and whatever and or they can't go crazy on their uh, process exploration and you can't hit that iron man level right yep. so it's about managing that relationship with the external studio if that makes any you know it, uh, it makes total sense to me because i know exactly you know? what the fuck you're talking about um yeah. because i've been in all these different situations and my own experience from that and seeing how it works and you're absolutely right there's a sweet spot that occurs when you're asking somebody to create that's the bitch right now it's like everybody is like i want to do something i've never seen before but use all existing <laughs> shit. It's like, what the fuck? And you have no time. It's like, no, go fuck yourself. Like, you can't do that. You you have to, you have to basically create a seed of thought. You put yeah. it in the ground. You let the you water it. You you take good care of it, and you let the sun and time create this amazing entity because it is its own little thing. But you can't do that if you're like, okay. Put the seed on the concrete. It's midday. Fuck it. I'm coming back in the afternoon. That shit better be epic. It's like, no, you guys, you guys don't get it. There's, there's a thing, and that's what I was getting out of that, um, that um, Naughty Dog, Last of Us. That they understood that good ideas take time. Pixar yeah. understands that good ideas take time. Um, and and I'm impatient, and so I get it, and I understand. Like I want results, like. I want to have every day feel fulfilled. If it isn't, then I'm like, what the fuck did I just do today? You know? Yeah. So I get it. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. And I get why clients are like that. I get why people are like that. Um, because I'm just as guilty, but I see that is a big error and a big issue. And that's funny that you bring it up because, um, half the time, if not, if, if not 
99% of the time that I've ever had issues with designing or getting stuff to the client properly, it's been a complete clusterfuck of communication error. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, like it's not like you went straight to the person that was actually designing it and said, you've made this amazing thing. I like this, this and that from here. Take time, explore, try to gap, capture part of that muse, but create something totally different. Here's this much time, go you know, and figure it out. A lot of that's created within like the span of creating things, um, um, creating things, but also having a, an expectation at the end of it and a timeline, you know, and, and, um, some, some of the best shit's made under a crunch because people are just forced to, to, to go and flow yeah. and fly with it. And, and I came into prologue, I started working at prologue when they were just finishing up that crazy madness of uh, Iron Man. And they did a fucking phenomenal job. Everybody that I saw that was working on it was literally killing themselves for it. <laughs> everybody. And that's that's really hard to get everybody on that train to go that yes. fast for that long, you know? But the work, it's still fucking awesome. It's still beautiful. You can really tell that everybody really cared about it. And that's what the difference, I think, that you're noticing, that I notice as well in a lot of this stuff is that People really have to kill themselves for it, you know. They have to really be focused on getting it done. I felt like that with uh, Total Recall, I guess. You know, I kept the team really small. It was just Ryan and I, basically. <laughs> we did the whole oh. fucking, I don't know how many umpteen thousands shit <laughs> there. <for> that thing. <laughs> but so Ryan, Ryan was it? Do you, were you doing the animation as well, or mm -mm, I don't do animation anymore, and I barely even did it in the beginning. I just wanted to focus on ideas and design. And yeah. I was I was lucky enough to meet Ryan when I was working at Sony down here in San Diego. I was doing a cinematic for something, and he was there, and he was just this fucking brilliant dude, just such a great skill set. Talking about Ryan Cashman, and mm -hmm. then uh, and I was like, Ryan, uh, you want to help me on Ender's Game? And he's like, Yeah, fuck yeah. And so um, so I was doing Ender's Game and Sony thing, and then Total Recall came in, and I was like, Hey, hey Ryan, you want to do <laughs> Ender's Game, Total Recall, and this Sony cinematic thing? He's like, Uh, sure. <laughs> Oh and then, God. then we were. Um, it was literally like death because it was just a hundred plus, hundred twenty hour <laughs> weeks. I don't even know. You, I had to invent more hours to get the work done. It was just stupid. But um, yeah, that was. But the thing is, I I knew I knew all these pitfalls. I would sit back at these studios and 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 watch, be very observant of like, okay, that's not working because of this. And you nailed it. You said it perfectly. It's like it's a, there's a communication breakdown there's a communication error that like it doesn't need to happen you know and 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 you, can, you can't expect that just because they made great shit here they can make it again um you you have to kind of foster that again you know and it has yeah. to you have to have the same ingredients if you want to make a cake you, that the same cake that you enjoyed the last time you have to be to put the same ingredients in there you know yeah it's like the client is almost like I, I don't know I don't know who's the point guard, but I just want to say like the client's supposed to set you up for the layup. You know what I mean? It's absolutely <laughs> perfect like, analogy. Yeah, to do. And it's like before I got in the games, you know, I worked at like Leo Burnett and various design firms and freelance. So I knew as a designer, like I had good clients and bad ones. Yeah. So from there, I was like, all right. And then added on top of that the fact that I was a designer on how I brief people. Yeah. You know? Um so hopefully I I don't know how Prologue felt about that. I didn't have a postmortem with them. <laughs> from my perspective things went uh pretty well, you know like man it's just you know and it's funny man I used their work to kind of explain to my team what it takes to be like 
dope. You know, just like <laughs> sent the like After Effects files for something, and it was insane. Like the amount of layers, how organ. I was like, I think they have a dude who all he does is organize After Effects files, man. Cause <laughs> I don't see how you do this. Like, it, the pipeline there just must be insane. You know, like when they send you a, a book for here's all the ideas we we have. You know, like oh just yeah, plural. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's like my my design skills have gone up just from working with them. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's uh, Yeah, that's why I went and worked there. That's why I commuted every day from San Diego. That's why I killed myself for it for a year because they were the best, you know? They, that's, yeah. they, this, they, they had the dopest dudes. They had the best fucking projects. They knew how to do it, you know? And uh, it's a really rare thing. It's a rare... Um, it's rare. That's it, you know. It's, and I was just so lucky to be there in the prime time of it all, and just so thankful, and just like really appreciative of uh, everything, the experience there. But I know that same feeling, you know. Like uh, you'd see other dude's stuff or be in the environment, and I'd be like, "Fuck, that's so killer!" And I just want yeah. to do it myself. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. I was like, just deconstruct. You know, I like deconstruct. Well, why does this work? How did this? You know, like the sad part was I couldn't have deep, long conversations on how they got to X solution. Yeah. But because we're also going through it in steps, uh, it, you know, I I got a pretty good idea. You yeah. Know? But it, it was just. I just say they're just really they're they're good thorough you know so it was a great experience. That's good. Um, and they were in on the like first phase of the project, you know. Mm. And then uh, from there, it's kind of like we stayed internal, like massaging and like you know it changed quite a bit over time as we got closer to shipping. Uh-huh. So then once we had this now new like. It was like an evolved look from what what we started with them, you know? Yeah. Then it got to the point where, okay, now we got to do like 30 minutes of MoGraph. Um, who's, <laughs> you know, how are we doing this? You know, and uh, we landed up going with uh, Wolf and Crow. And then, you know, there was a, the first part was a bit tough because it's like to make sure we're all speaking the same design language. Like the first set of comps come back. And then it's tough as an art director because then there's some things like, oh, shit, you, fu- you fucked me up. Like I-, I love what's happening here, but it doesn't quite fit with everything and I'm going to need to change everything to do it. So sometimes you have to pass on stuff because it's just not right for the project. You there's know? so many different reasons. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's unfortunate too. Yeah. So it's like photoshop tennis for a bit and then <laughs> like the second wave of stuff was like bang you know yeah. and then they started adding to it and it was just it was just really good man those dudes are uh definite pros as well and did an amazing job well, i you think know? they had some of the some of the prologue dudes helping out with it too i think um i'm not sure i'm not gonna so don't quote me on this but i think like uh um, G was on there too. Uh, G Yunha, she's a designer from Prologue too. She's a killer. Um, but she, mm. I think she was doing some stuff as well to help. I'm not sure. I, I'm just yeah. guessing, but I think that's what it. She was busy doing. So it's funny how like uh, how connected I get. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like oh yeah, you're doing that. Oh yeah, how about this? You doing that? <laughs> yeah, you like there's there's uh, we all sign NDAs, but a lot of the designers just you know like not not necessarily everybody talks, you know, not at all. But I think uh, a lot of us, you know, like we're just kind of like social creatures. Like, oh, what are you what are you cooking on? Or what are you doing that? Or what are you you know like what are you learning now and stuff? And that's been like kind of a, a fun thing, you know, just, um, 
interaction and experience with all every all the other designers and stuff but yeah i think she was and she's from prologue as well too so um got some of that special sauce from the prologue <laughs> land you know so cause prologue definitely has a special sauce you know so yeah it's like you know it's even like what you were talking to with uh g monk about and it's like uh it's like uh, a school almost you know like people go there and then they poof you know they 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 shoot off to somewhere else whether it's working for themselves and that's kind of just how the industry seems to work anyway right like yeah Shiloh yeah. started out there there they were a bunch of guys or people from uh dk right well it's the dude and that they, created uh asics i think mm. i think asics is it no not asics sorry audio shoe cl- cl- company down here Wait. in San Diego, there's two okay. there's two dudes that started it. I'm well, totally butchering this story, but I know there's <laughs> two dudes. Well, it's because it's like that's my that's the only place in San Diego that does what I like to do. So, but mm-hmm. I I've, I've actually never worked with them, and mm-hmm. but um but yeah, it's uh I think um uh, I, I can't remember his name. I don't even want to say this, but he started a shoe company, and then I guess he wanted he sold that I guess, and then he wanted to do like commercials and movies and motion graphic stuff I guess, and then. Then he teamed up with uh, the other dudes in New York, and then they created a coast-to-coast kind of a setup. And, and, that's, and that's what occurred. But, yeah, that's true. Shiloh. But I remember going into Shiloh. Um, fuck, dude. When I was, like, in college, and uh, my friend and I found out their address, and we just like, well, <laughs> let's fucking go and say hi to them and go see if we can, like, get a job there, you know? And it was just, it was crazy. It was my first look into like how this stuff like looks and works and design and all that stuff and like design house and all that stuff. That was a, that was a trip. And the vibe of, yeah, of what that's like. Yeah. No, I, it's a I whole totally different vibe. It. Yeah. It's a whole different, um, ballpark, you know, and just like walking in there, like, so like in prologue, I've had my, um, my wife came and visited me one time and everybody's really focused, you know, and we're all just focusing on what we're doing. So everybody's quiet with headphones on. My wife's just like, Jeez, you know, this is intense. It's like absolutely intense, you know, like everybody's in, in, intently focused on what they're doing, you know, and um, getting shit done, you know, so. Yeah. But yeah. And that was the same with Shiloh. And it's actually kind of consistent with a couple other studios that I've gone into and experienced as well. Like just very much um, focusing on what they have to get done and stuff, you know, and there's no bullshit, no fucking around, you know, just definitely. Uh, on, just like going. Just bump, <laughs> bumping the uh, whatever bumping the yeah. music so but yeah yeah that's shiloh too and then it's like um what else is there man it's funny because uh i even approached g monk in the beginning mm. and i can't remember what company he was with but we couldn't make that really happen and then the, just to say like what a nice dude that guy is um so nice that it it, it kind of ruined me though he spoke at uh this flash it's called flash in the can thing here in toronto like when I was first starting the Splinter Cell thing. Mm. And uh, I went to talk to him. There was like a lineup of a few people. And just as I was about to talk to him, this little kid comes up to him with an iPad. And he's showing him this movie. And so the kid had a million questions because he was a G-Monk fan. And he went in. <laughs> he talked to this kid for probably like 30 minutes. I was like, dude, I got to I was like, I got to You know, basically... Because this little kid uh, got in the way. I never got to speak to him about bastard kids project. <laughs> and then uh, dare that kid. I, I disagree with him because he said his greatest work was like this Mandingo thing. I've been following G Monk. <laughs> yeah, there's, I didn't realize how many fans he has. He's got a strong sure. following. 
Yeah, well, because he keeps consistent though, and he's very yeah. like he's very versatile about the way he like works on stuff. So he'll jump around, but he always makes sure that he keeps stuff consistent, you know. And it's funny that he thinks the Mandingo thing actually is fitting if you get to know him more his personality because he's just really um, just kind of a wild style kind of guy, just free free thinking, free flowing, just kind of uh, a very unique. <laughs> person you know he's a he's a, he's a killer he's a killer a killer character for sure <laughs> yeah but that like era was like an awesome time for design like everyone was just experimenting like what he was talking about on the web like it kind of sucks that there's nothing like that really happening right now it'll come back you know it'll come hopefully back. man you know yeah. it, it's just people were just doing stuff because they genuinely loved it yeah but uh he did some stuff with there was like I think it was like this dude who called himself ABC, <laughs> abnormal behavioral child, like some <laughs> Italian dude, and Perfect. he did this weird soccer flash thing. Like it was just I couldn't even describe it, but it was just it, my mind was blown, you know. That's and, cool. And, and he mentioned Matt Owens as well. And the funny thing is, like it's funny how we talk about the six degrees of separation, like. When I was ready to like leave my first job because I worked at this web firm, and I was like, "Man, dude, now we're doing all these bank websites." Uh, I, oh. I kind of I was a fan of Matt Owens, so I used to email him all the time. And then we got cool, and you know, and he he like when I was ready to leave, he sends me this email. He's like, "Hey, man, HBO is looking for a designer, and I think you'd be perfect for this project." And I was like, "What?" And it was like this freelance thing. Hmm. So I landed up winning this HBO project, you know, and like quitting my job and doing that thing for like five, six months. Like it was crazy. Oh, you that's know? cool. And yeah. it's just funny how like reaching out to people because I, I, I can't remember which podcast you were talking about, but it's like it's really important to like network. Just oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you want to make a living off this stuff and you really want to I mean, and it has to be genuine, though. I've had a, I've, yeah. I've had yeah. people contact me. I'm just like, what the fuck? You know, like, <laughs> like I really want to answer your stuff, but it's just like I can tell how transparent you're being right now. It's just kind of annoying, you know. So, but yeah, yeah. I always preach that too. Is like, please just be genuine. If you're gonna reach out to somebody and you know they're busy, let's just be really as genuine as you can and as and as, and as to the point as possible if you can, you know. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. Most professionals, and this is one thing that I'm getting into big, like pretty heavy because I'm starting to jump into a whole different tier of my career. But mm -hmm. I'm focusing on like how to be a really like a super beast. And that all comes <laughs> that all comes down to time. Yeah. And then what you do with your time, how how well you are at saying no, and then how well you are at um, doing productive shit with the time that you do have, which is not a lot, you know. Um, yeah, because yeah. you know you think about it there's a there's a book that i've um been kind of obsessed with i'm just starting to break the surface of it it's called uh, eat that frog have you heard of that one no what how's that about time <laughs> like, Ooh, what it's, that? yeah it sounds it's it's the it's a big fail on the title uh i don't know who he put his kid no but it, it actually means there's a saying that if 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 every morning you you wake up and you eat a live frog that'll be the worst thing that could happen to you that day or something and so it's like all about like eating your frog you know like it's 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 it's, it has its very cheesy moments, but it also has some really fucking great advice about for people like myself who want to do everything, but possibly I mean can't possibly do anything because of that, you know, and yeah. uh, and being realistic about time and effort used and all that stuff and your involvement on things and stuff. And so that's been a, a big deal. And I've noticed that about all, all these dudes that I really admire when it comes down to it, like they're just... Um, they just know how to balance their time better than me. 
you know really it's really what it comes down to they just know how to be like no i'm not doing that and yes i'm doing that and this is uh you know how i'm doing this and yada yada it's it, what really surprises me there's a lot of untalented people that are, are much more successful you know that are doing stuff and i'm just like how the fuck are you doing it you know like but it all comes down to this the, the amount of hustle and the amount of understanding of how they're, they're doing what they're doing you know so which is also talent i guess you know it's just a different form of it i suppose you know it's like lifting weights or something you know like yeah, it's that possible, totally yeah. sucks but you gotta you gotta push through it and it's funny that you mentioned that man because it's it's kind of sad you know um, it's rare when you have someone that they're so talented that they can kind of they don't have to push that hard and they're still like doing <laughs> shit like that's super rare but yeah. like I really uh, I try to f- work with people that have that like extra like they just know how to really go go for broke <laughs> yeah know? yeah like they're the best people to work work with you know because like just crazy crazy stuff happens um, yeah but you can't teach that. <laughs> no, that comes from an inner hustle. You know, I, I grew up really poor. And so like, I just kind of had that big time hustlers sacrifice, like sacrifice everything to get it done kind of mentality. And, and I realized that can actually be very, um, that can be very defeating as well if you're not cautious of it. Because um, what I was doing is I would overwork myself for fear through mm. fear and that was exhausting me and depleting me i would end up being completely like done i didn't have anything left and so there's it's a double-edged sword with that one for sure because <laughs> that one could fuck you up if you're not careful like how to tell how to manage that one too one of these days i should i'm going to probably combine everything from all these books and all these talks and i'll make a like a crazy book on how to not be a dipshit that'll be what it's <laughs> called how to not be a dipshit <laughs> yeah there's, there's probably definitely a lot of people that need that book <laughs> actually i have like a because i'm big into this i don't do you read a lot are you into books and stuff yeah i'm in, i'm into like i hate to say like self-help books no that's i was just gonna say that that's funny Not you mentioned fiction. that yeah you know? well i like i love it all really if i could just if i could mm-hmm. literally just read all day i'd probably do that all day because i just love it because it's just like you're in time capsules you know like a grid book is just like the best thing ever and um but i'm the same way i've been really into self-help books like Ever since, like, um, a couple of my friends turned me on to, and, and we talk about in G-Monk's podcast, is, like, uh, D- Deepak Chopra. I don't know how to say his name properly, but <laughs> that he gets kind of word salad with all his metaphors and shit. And he's, like, you know, it gets a little bit out there, but some of his core things are just so phenomenal and great. And then I get into more of the specific things. Like, um, I bring it up every podcast. I, literally, I do. I, I have to reach out to these guys and, like, like sponsor the <laughs> podcast, guys. <laughs> have you read uh, Manage Your Day-to-Day? Have you read that? No. Ah, no. it's a phenomenal book. It's really great geared towards uh, creative folks like ourselves. Interesting. It's fucking phenomenal. It's got quotes from all these dudes in the industry, and it's got really amazing pointers and, and advice. And I kind of got defeated because I wasn't able to, to live by the code of the book um, <laughs> because it's I'm, I'm not and then perfect. You're like, I'm less of a human being. After uh, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I can't do anything. Oh, I take a nap and eat some donuts and shit. No. But uh, no, these those are really good ones as well. And like the guys that created Basecamp, they did a couple really good books called like Rework is really good. Um, yeah. I'll, so are, are you reading stuff that's mainly like? Um, 
let's say comes from like a design school of thought or just like life or yeah well, the like fog book sounds more like it's a life thing i, I don't know yeah well these are actually those ones i just said and like these other books they're mostly geared towards really specific towards us actually um Uh. but but i do read like there's a book called the warrior within which is like a bruce lee's book which is like fucking killer because bruce lee's the shit he is though i'm just like whatever you say bruce whatever you say dude i haven't i haven't (laughs) finished that one yet it's like it's killer the last three now the funny thing is i try to read stuff from people from other areas you know like i was reading uh start with why like, I don't know if you've heard of that. No, I'm going to find that. That's interesting, man, because it's like everything you do, especially from like a creative standpoint, should go back to why you're doing this. Like if you're Apple, for example, uh, all of our products are about simple, easy, accessible, easy to use. We're doing it, um, you know, to make people's life simpler. And when you look at all their products, it comes from that word of, you know, why? Like they ask that question yeah with everything they do and it's it's uh pretty dope you know that's cool uh, that sounds kind of like maybe it's like along the lines of outliers have you seen have you read that one outliers yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. about the successful people and like the the connections to those successful people and all that kind of stuff yeah and, it's it go ahead go ahead no 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 that's yeah <laughs> we're just rambling you were saying um no i forgot ah you got you i'm like i need to (laughs) how dare you interrupt me and i know i'm I'm bad with uh malcolm gladwell like i always feel like i read like x chapters and i'm like all right dude i got you yeah that's another (laughs) big problem that's that's part of procrastination actually Uh, (laughs) that's part that's actually a telltale sign of that actually um which is funny that you do it too and i think a lot of people do it as well myself included and everybody else it's like i think what it is also is we're we're in a generation of um we're like uh, add misfits you know it's like yeah there's so much shit it's like like back when books were really prevalent it's like well i have like mother nature was this fucking amazing and then i have this book you know it's like I'll just read this book, you know, like there's no TV and iPad and iPhone and texting and Twittering and it's fucking everything under the sun. Moses's tablets or something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, there was a simpler world, I think. I mean, it was complex in its own realm, of course, but it's, it's a matter of choices. There's actually a book called, um, see my friend, Chris turned me on to it. Um, what's it called? It was an interesting one. Um, I got halfway through it and I was like, yeah, this is a mind fuck. It's about um, what the internet is doing to our mind, like kind of genetically on a genetic like way. It's a. I could go ahead. This uh, makes sense to me. Well, it, what it's doing is is uh, apparently from this saying, I was trying to sum it up properly, but um, you know, coming from where we where we adapted from and where we've come from in this our species, um, we have different ways of interacting with the environment around us. And nowadays, like, there's the guy basically, the author was saying, like, how he used to read books a lot. And then he was having a hard time even focusing reading a book because he was, like, focusing on blogs for a while. And he would get, like, the instant, like, fix on what the story was out of, like, a paragraph. But when you have to sit there and read a book, and then, so what exactly is happening to him? So he would do, like, this, all these research and, like, find out that, like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not doing what my brain really needs basically it's like you're lacking stimulus through not finishing 
like coherent thoughts, I guess, if that makes sense. You're constantly on the surface and you're not digging deeper. You're not going deep. So yeah. you're just becoming an idiot, basically. <laughs> so we're all becoming fucking morons because we're not finishing. Not everybody. There's some people that are, are fucking killer they're and they refuse. Books. Yeah, they're finishing books and they're just beasts, the brain beasts, you know? What the hell's the name of that? I'm looking on my bookshelf and I can't see it. But that's it was actually really interesting. I, I got like halfway through it and like a moron didn't finish it so you think the, the book about the lesson of reading things fully through i would do that but it would convince you to read <laughs> i was all uh i'm gonna read some batman comic yeah <laughs> yeah and I, I definitely try to find stuff that's like easy to read so it helps fight that damn uh uh, not wanting to finish like yes gladwell is not easy to, like he's if i feel for me he's a little heavy you know because he, there's a like, lot of authors like that you're just like, like really dude, dude you're killing me yeah come on <laughs> i want to i want to like i want to consume this i don't want to fucking like consume it through my butt you know like this is like yeah. <laughs> let's, let's 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 enjoy this you know like yeah some guys um their their way of of communicating um, can be very challenging to really get into it and focus on what the hell they're actually saying. And that's the beauty in what they're doing, you know, but the, and I think that's a tall tale sign of what's actually occurring with us, you know, like, uh, the Twitter generation, like, you know, get, get, get things out, get them fast, you know, um, but there's a beauty and there's actually, uh, an important thing to be doing, um, when you actually, retain information and you and you sit there and, and allow it to to gestate and, and focus and that goes back to the original thing we were talking about with briefs and designers and having people do things and then allowing them to stew and think about it you know iron man i think uh when you bring that case study up i have no clue i wasn't a part of it or anything but i i've had experiences with films and i know how this what happens is is you instantly know you when you as a designer you go okay well you're going to work on this film and it has all this energy behind it and you go well, fuck, I better do some great shit, you know? This is yeah. my t- chance to shine. So you're instantly put in this this frame of mind where you're just like, I got to kill it, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And that's where all that extra work came in, all that R&D, because they're like, well, you know, I think they're like, and I did the same thing with all these other movies and stuff that I've done. It's like, I want to do some cool shit because this is cool, and a lot of people are going to see it, you know? It's not like it's just a little thing. It's going to be this big event, and it's going to change my life. And so I think that um, because of the energy that's already occurred from that, you know, Iron Iron Man had been created for such a long time ago. It became a staple household name after um, Jim Lee and all the Marvel dudes and all that stuff, you know. So, and it just had a lot of power um, itself. But yeah, I think that's another big key factor, you know, like when you have a really strong strong thing that people resonate with and know that their effort isn't going to go unwasted. They're willing to put it, go the extra mile, you know, that's why it's so hard. And they were talking about that in the, um, the, to create a new IP when they're talking about creating the last of us, how exhausting it can be because nobody's seen it. Nobody knows about it. So there's, there has to be a tremendous amount of trust involved, you know? Um, and that's trust is a bitch when it comes to this kind of stuff with this many people, this many teams, uh, reaching out. And that's probably why they said, no, this doesn't work because we've tried it before because yeah, I, I imagine it probably doesn't work normally, um, to get what you need out of it, but good on you for sticking with it because I think you were on to the right track, you know? Yeah, no, I think it, it worked out well, you know? So it's like, uh, yeah, I think so. I will be able to do it again. And then, you know, that was one, that was the first project out of that studio. So that's, 
kind of like our process to some degree. It may not be like where every project isn't necessarily going to use someone externally. Yeah. But there's certain like key things I feel we did that were uh, pretty successful. Like I, I feel pretty proud about, I feel good about what was published. You know, there's yeah. always, there's still some stuff that people will never see because it's just like, oh, we didn't have time to add this. And, sure. you know, or we didn't have time to go to x level you know yeah uh, in the production but I, I feel pretty good about it it's like uh man you you were saying something else that made me think uh oh i know it was it was i wanted you know the funny thing is what i get worried about with all these the stuff like the trends and movies is like i feel like directors or story writers are asking for this they're asking the same, uh, asking designers to solve the same problem over and over. Mm. And then I'm wondering, like, how will things e really evolve? You know what I mean? Like, how, what's really the next level of, like, UI and, and, and film? You know, like, where, what? Like, I know what it is. I, oh, you, oh, you, are you <laughs> I can't tell anybody because it's, I haven't created it yet. But yeah, and and all I can say is it's nothing. That's what it is. It's not. It's not some fucking hologram screens, man. I'm telling you, they're gonna all look back at us when we were getting confused and lost in the glitz and glam of having holographic screens and laugh at us. You know, it's not that. It's more about. It's more like in the Ghost in the Shell shit. You know, it's more of the immersive Matrix kind of stuff. That's what I think. But. Yeah, I'm wondering where. I'm just kind of curious as to uh, where, like, what's, like, for example, Iron Man was the la like one of the last ones, like, really, like, we're just like, like holy yeah. shit, you know, yeah, your, your yeah, mind yeah. is just blown. Agreed. I'm um, not saying that stuff that came after. No, 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 amazing. No. But you know, just what's that next? I'm just wondering where the next thing is going to come. You it'll know? come from a design. It'll come from a place where, like I said, I think you're going to have a you're going to have an IP that either has momentum or has the capability of capturing people's imaginations enough to create an energy of sorts. And and there's going to be a lot of risk taking and a lot of trust. And when you have all those things combined, you're going to have some really amazing work. You know, and it might be like there's a lot of stuff that's coming out that's on like little scale. There are like you know little commercials or like talented dudes. They're doing some really awesome stuff that isn't necessarily on the on the film based thing. Like like I had um, Joshua Harvey on um, the other day or like a couple weeks back, and he's a really amazing art director. I don't know if you've ever seen his work, but if you've you know, are you familiar with the company Buck? Yes, they yes. do just fucking phenomenal stuff. And you've seen the Good Books thing, right? Yeah. So like uh, like that to me is that was the next thing that I'd seen since like something like it's like not, they're totally different spectrums obviously but that was like when i saw that I was like whoa this is like this is game changing this is this is how the art should have been interpreted when it was put into just one image you know this is the way it moves and transitions and flows and and, and is that this is this is natural and i think that's it's all about that energy you connect that to the other things you know I think the funny and odd thing about our universe is it's all fucking parallel, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. a, it's really yeah. funny if you really get a it's all about perspective perspective I think and if if you can get really far away from it all and you and, and you understand just a little bit of ingredients that, you, that that goes into making these things um you can find the similarities in making music to making a car to doing UI for a film or um Raising a family, I don't know. There's there's all these familiarities in totally abstract different things you would never think of, you know. But um, I think the future in this stuff is going to come 
like I said, I think films, like, they'll never go away. They're kind of like what a play is to us now. Like, plays are still here, but they're so old and they're very, like, unique. They're kind of like albums and records, you know? It's like albums and records are kind of like uh, people that are really big true fans are still have a record player and still have vinyl. But the general populace doesn't embrace that anymore, basically. But so, like, I think like The Shining, like films like those, will never go out. It's just like a great book. But I do think the next immersive um, way of doing things is about experiences. It's about the Oculus Rift, um, virtual reality, immersive things, um, interactive, uh, immersive experiences of doing more or less um, exchanging. Um, information so there's a feedback system you know mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. but that's my take on it at least you know and i've been thinking about this shit since i was like a little kid you know i, w- I was like thinking about like because i like was like watching lawnmower You're man a baby and shit. futurist <laughs> but this is interesting you know like yeah. it's just like if you can think if you can look at what's here now then just use your imagination to think further out. Like, I guess, I mean, Sid Mead and those kind of guys are the same kind of way when I watch his interviews. I'm like, oh, this guy thinks this, like, we were thinking the same shit. This is cool, yeah. you know? And and, and, and he, it's just a matter of being um, inquisitive and curious and using your thoughts, you know? Use your brain before you use anything else because that's really where the key is, you know? And it's what's funny, too, I think you'll notice as well is, like, um, so like, let's just use like Prologue's uh, amazing stuff with Iron Man, use that as a case study. Iron Man is, is so great. It, it like sends out a shock rip, ripple of in- influence throughout the entire industry. And all of a sudden you have all this influence regurgitating all that stuff, you know? It's almost like a drop, like a big rock of influence. Boom, hits the water that's calm and shacks it all out. And then all the influence comes back. Exactly. And look look at you. I know that you were influenced by it. I know that I am personally influenced by it. I know so many other designers are. Um, And that's just kind of the case of it. But I I think the next thing that you're talking about, that you're you're seeking the same as I am, and I'm sure all the rest of us consumers out there of this kind of stuff are are looking for or thinking about, it's going to be all about immersive um, experiences and how you get that immersive experience. It's not going to be through a controller. It's not going to be through a television. It's going to be through a different device. (laughs) It has to be. Yeah, I'm laughing because I'm working on a crazy project right now, but I can't even talk about it. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> but it's pretty cool. <laughs> there, you, there you go. And I'm sure that yeah. it's probably along the similar lines, you know, because, I mean, I mean, once you see the Oculus Rift, you're like, okay, finally, it's 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 still like, a, it's like a Game Boy right now. It's in the Game Boy I state. I haven't got a chance to check it out yet. It's yeah. cool. It's cool. Um, you instantly, um, there's a problem, I think, that you'd have because we're land-based animals and we're used to, like, um, our equilibrium, you know, mm-hmm. if you're not cautious of what you're doing, you can instantly get like sick from it. So if you're mm-hmm. like, you, it, it's, you have, it takes a little bit of adaptation, you know, it's like anything though. You throw, if I say, Hey, I'm going to throw you up in the top of this fucking mountain, there's <laughs> snow and I'm going to strap you to this thing of wood and you're going to go flying down the thing and you're not going to get it instantly. You're going to figure it out, you know? So if there's going to be a learning curve with it, I think, but, um, through that investment in time. I mean, I just look at guys and I'm amazed by like their skill set of their fidelity of how they can maneuver those fucking joysticks and controllers. Like they're doing shit that I, that just takes a lot of time, you know? So, but I think with this immersive way of doing things, it's like you involve the technology behind like Siri, um, you involved audio and then you all involved, um, visual, visual and it's a more immersive thing. Um, I talk about it a lot in the podcast too. Have you ever watched uh, the show Black Mirror? No, but you know what's funny? This guy I work with, 
uh, was just telling me today how he started watching that because of you, and his like mind is blown. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, the it's cool because they're taking risks out there and they're telling like legitimate like sci-fi stories out there, and it's it's really rad. Um, that guy, um, the dude that wrote that he's it's like a modern day twilight zone if you're listening and you've never seen it you're into twilight zone you're just into interesting ideas um you should check that out because there's some really interesting concepts in that um and it goes along with the the lines of a lot of this stuff but it's it's told in a really interesting um narrative fashion so i mean it's not it's not like it's unorthodox it's just the story and the content and how he how he uses um his writing magic and the directing magic i guess whatever to create a really interesting um, situation, I guess, or string of situations, but yeah, it was like my friend Oscar. He was saying like something about like it's very modern, and he's just like it's talking about the world we like live in now. It's incredibly you know, contemporary. Contemporary, yeah. It's only like a couple yeah. years out, usually most of it. Yeah, yeah. so I wanted I wanted to check that out. You'll, yeah, you'll, it'll blow your fucking mind because there's some, there's like three episodes I think that are in Vimeo. So if you're listening, you can't get a hold of it. There's, there's three episodes, and the, those three episodes are really good. The my favorite, my favorite um, three is a uh, Be Right Back, um, <laughs> the entire history of you, and uh, White Bear. I think it's called White Bear. I think yeah, those the three. The titles sound dope. <laughs> they're so fucking good man i don't know i just can't really express how much i love it it's just i mean i love it enough i can't watch it all the time because it throws my it fucks my head but it's got Seriously? some really great um it's just really deep concepts you know it makes you at least for me it makes me really think i go like you know do i really need this stuff and why am i using it and and, and i should be cautious of like how I'm using it and all these kind of things, you know? And so it's just, it makes me think, I guess, you know, and I think it, I think it should do that for everybody, you know? So, but wow, that sounds cool. it's really great, man. I really, uh, I think it's Charlie broke broker or something like that. I can't remember. Um, there's going to be a link at the bottom of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> there'll be a link at the bottom of the podcast or whoever's listening in SoundCloud right now. Just put a, put a fucking comment thing in there and help us out so <laughs> my lack my lack of ability to remember and retain all the information is but that's of, the beauty of the internet oh yeah that's the that's the best thing right it's vast yeah. and infinite about how you can get anything really you know um, sorry i went totally on a total tangent but no, that's no, no. that's what i think you know i think that we're I think when you're talking about like the risk of video games and the risk of making these changes and the money and all that stuff and then being really progressive and then trying different things and then you got like you guys in the AAA game com- community and my friends as well like are competing against guys like you're competing against guys like Alex Preston with his like Hyperlight Drifter thing that he's got funded on Kickstarter, you know. <laughs> so and it's interesting because it's like it's like the wild wild west, you know. It's like um, and everybody's got their own lemonade stand, you know, and everybody's yeah. got their own thing going on. They have, uh, you know, like, well, I have really amazing graphics. And then the other guy's like, well, what's that matter if the gameplay is bad, you know? And then this guy's like, well, I have better story than all of you guys. And I'm like, oh, what's more important, you know? So it's just really interesting, you know? And when you get all of them together, I guess that's really a, an amazing, amazing thing. And and it's also, it was interesting in that documentary about Naughty Dog is they, they actually interviewed the user interface designer and I was thinking to myself, if I was tasked tasked to do the user interface before she started talking, I was like, I was thinking to myself, I would not want to have any user interface at all in this experience because it's like, 
if you were to watch like The Walking Dead and I instantly put a menu in front of you, you'd be like, what the fuck is this menu? Get this <laughs> yeah, out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Y'all want yeah. back in this world, you know? It's like an instant slap in the face. And it was cool how they were saying how she had to break it down and be really simplistic about it. And, and I thought that was killer. Um, yeah, even that was well done. And it's funny, man. Uh, sometimes I think about that at work. Like, man, what would make my job so dope is if there's no HUD. Like, if I'm yeah. I actually undesigned things. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the Dieter Rams approach, right? You know, that's, yeah. the, that's the undesigned. Like, no design is good design. Like, only honest functional design is the good design, you know. And I'm constantly fighting that as well. And when it comes to films and storytelling, it just gets so fucked up, you know. I heard that uh, with, like, RoboCop, it was just, like, it would be such a challenge because they wanted to have all these different story beats. They, so they basically want the user interface to be, like, a... Um, a part a character in the story that's leading the character leading the audience through the story but it's just like man you know at what at what place i mean that's really when it starts to hit its wall for me you know it's like it comes a bit cumbersome yeah intrusive. it's like yeah exactly and and uh yeah i don't know i mean that's my opinion on it so i have many opinions about these things and that's one <laughs> of them <laughs> yeah i haven't i haven't seen it yet because i love the original robocop so much yeah, I'm like, same hmm, yeah. do i want to do this or you know? <laughs> <laughs> did you see the fan made one where they're shooting all the dicks and stuff you see that one <laughs> no oh my god you haven't seen it <laughs> no but I, oh god it's the funniest thing ever oh shit time management like you know so it's like i'm working then the other thing what i've started doing the past year or so is like painting and like making stuff <laughs> you know because i i like so it's like it's weird man sometimes when i come home i'm not necessarily on the computer i'm just like doing things because it's like i need to be able to express myself without negotiating with other people that sounds horrible <laughs> you know but i just have stuff that i need to get out so a lot of that time gets sucked up doing that yeah yeah that's uh totally it <laughs> yeah i mean uh, there's you know and that's why i don't even play video games because it's just like i don't even want to open up that can of worms dude i don't even want to get close to that it's like yeah. you, that's fucking with my life right there because i'll i'll just be like all right i'm just gonna play video games <laughs> and i won't get any of my stuff done you know so and then i'll just really bring in a lot of drama and stuff but at the same time if people can balance it and they find um necessity in it and that it works you know that's great i i i let I me mean, i don't know i don't know where i would find any more time of the day but i am also a dad and a husband so i spend a lot of time doing that because i want to be good at that too so it's not easy doing everything you know so i was but, gonna ask about that how did you do 120 hours a week as a dad and a i have a great wife man my wife is a uh, super understanding and supportive and uh patient you know so yeah. I couldn't have done it without her, obviously, you know, so... Um, and it's not like you're doing 120 uh, every week. It's, it's, it, was, uh, it was a lot. It was <laughs> it was months of that, dude, yeah. Wow. I wow. lost it, yeah. I went pretty... It was when I realized that just I have to start saying no as much as I don't want to, but I really wanted to have my own chance to do my own shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's always the opportunity. It's like catnip, like George Hull says. Like these jobs are like catnip. You just want to say no to them because it's like it is fun. It's fun mm-hmm. to do it. You know, you get to meet cool people and work on shit and come up with cool ideas and for the most part, you know, get them executed and stuff. So it is fun. But yeah, it wasn't easy. 
And to go back to the Robocop thing, if I'll have a link to it, but it, Fatal Farm did one. It's called uh, Our Robocop Remake Scene 27. <laughs> it's the funniest shit you'll ever see. And the worst <laughs> shit, too. My wife hates it, but I think it's the funniest <laughs> thing ever because it's so fucking hilarious. Yeah, you'll see. It's just so awesome. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. That guy, the director, is awesome. I read a really cool interview um, about him and just kind of recently the um, robocop director or yeah. the robocop dick shooting director oh no not the fatal farm <laughs> one no the, no the actual uh how did you pronounce his name varhoven varhoven i guess he did the all those like uh it's badass old school films robocop and all that stuff and uh yeah he he's a really interesting dude too and his whole progression how he made it um seems like there's a common thread for a lot of these directors in general um just how much they have to bleed for it in order for it to work um, wow, but. that's generally like the the theme with anything of uh, a great level of creativity applied to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you just gotta you have to sacrifice, unfortunately. Yeah, it is also fortunate though. It's almost like the goddess of muse kind of thing, you know? So it's, like it's been like a common thread from all the generations all the way down to like Athens time, you know? It's like they knew it back then that in order to achieve greatness you'd have to sacrifice something for it you know whether it's your sanity or your sleep or little or small you, there is some sort of sacrifice and when people don't really do it um <clears throat> i think other people know it you know like the true people that know what the hell they're doing they're like ah this guy didn't he didn't do that you know he didn't that's, he didn't bleed for it you know that's interesting that's why i that's look at it. <laughs> yeah that's, i mean i i think that you know um you can see it you know that's what i love about art though don't you love that it's like you can see pretty instantly uh if you know what you're looking at what's going on you know like oh this guy like spent ten thousand hours uh drawing ears because his ears are fucking awesome you know but he yeah. did but his forearm it's not very good <laughs> yeah that, um yeah no, no, I get what you're saying. You know, but that's the only thing we may um, different is like when it comes to like fine art, and maybe it comes it comes from like the world I've been living in for the past whatever seven years or so. It's like all of the the game stuff really pushes hard to like mimic life. Yeah, you know? and that I kind of when I get out of that, I'm like, dude, I want something that distorts and abstracts life. Sure, sure. So I like I like weird stubby arms where the colors are like bizarre. Same, you know? same. And, and like weird. Well, it's the intent then, I guess. If yeah, you're, yeah. if you're if you're trying to show me that you're trying to draw an ear and it doesn't look like an ear, like, you, know, you, <laughs> you didn't learn you didn't learn how to draw the ear. But if you're saying this is my emotion and you're saying here's an ear, I go well, you're just being emotional about your ear, I guess. I don't know, but absolutely, I totally agree, and I and I like that as well. I like when when there's a total abandon of reality and the scope of mimicking reality you know because there is that whole thing where when you're mimicking reality for so long it just becomes shitty you know yeah. it becomes this weird filter and when human like when artists are like I, I look at like i call myself when i draw like i'm the world's shittiest and slowest printer so it just <laughs> takes me forever to draw this shit and it's like and i have to redraw it all the time so it's like it's like almost like the printer bled on itself and then had to go back through the thing and fix the error and like i'm literally doing that right now too it's like while i'm podcasting i'm having to 
reprint my brain out again so <laughs> but i look at but but there's that thing um when you're when a lot of artists where they're over render shit and i think that's yeah. same with like the visual effects industry and they're trying to do too much they're like let's make a volcano blow up that bus and have this and that it's like dude just because we can see it just don't fucking show it you know like it yeah. doesn't need to be seen you know like I get you. You spent like years learning Houdini to do a fluid simulation, but we don't need to be up close and see that, you know, like that's not helping the story (laughs) unless it's helping the story. It's like, but there's a, there's a time and a place for it. You know, if I, you know, if I want to sit there and watch Houdini like flowing awesomeness, then I'll just watch that. But you know, when it pulls me out of a film or a video game or whatever the experience, and it's like, what the hell is this a problem here? You know? Yeah. Which brings me back to like a, a G, another G-Monk reference because he said something about, you know, um, how he works with these people and they have, they're like super, they're so high level technical like proudness, you know, but the thing they're lacking is like flavor, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I find to find the people that really have that sense of style and like just the shit that makes you, that gives you like, uh, like when you see that the buck, good books type stuff you know like yeah they just have you know they just have that thing like that's the part that's hard to find i feel like it's easier to find the technical masters but harder to find the people with like actual really good taste (laughs) absolutely well you're talking about people then you're not talking about a technician execution execution. yeah Yeah. Yeah. because i mean we can all maybe not not me because i can't sit through it but we can all sit through a fucking manual and and read it and and learn how to do something you know but you can't learn how to push your emotion onto something you just that's just something that you get when you are a kid or whatever at whatever point and whenever you can be fucking older or whatever you that's when you know how to push emotion and 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 whatever it is you know like so i think that joshua talks about it a little bit and we get a little bit i kind of psychoanalyze them a little bit i do it to everybody because it's fun because everybody has a way of doing things and i just find it interesting to understand why people do what they're doing and how they get to where they're doing it yeah, that's yeah. more important to me. I, I think that's more interesting than than anything, really. Because it yeah, it's, it's like why you do. Why are you doing what, what what you do? Like, is it because like, you know, like for me, I have this crazy urge to want to my to express myself in very, you know, various mediums. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like if I don't do that, I'm not happy. Sure, it, it's, it's it's weird. You gotta get that release. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how did, how was your childhood? Did, were your parents super supportive of what you're doing? And are they like, what was that all about? Like, how did you get into this stuff? Wow, man. Let's get it's deep, so, dude. <laughs> it's so weird, man. Like, well, my parents were separated. Like, my mom was in New York, father was in Chicago, and I go back and forth in between mm. the two places. Is that tough for you? Yes and no. Like, I enjoyed it because it was like, I felt like I was getting a different world. Yeah, double you know? life. So, so, so I kind of like that. Like, I used to go to Chicago, and it made me feel like some type of celebrity because I was from New York. It was all <laughs> in my, probably all in my own mind or whatever, right? Sure, sure. But there were certain things I picked up from Chicago that I didn't. Because in New York, I grew up way uptown, like in the Bronx. You know, like it was pretty, like, hood or whatever. Yeah. But Chicago was like, like in New York, I felt like in order to ever, like, really enjoy life, I got to be mega rich. You know, because just the way yeah, New York, New York is, is set crazy. up. crazy. Fuck, 
that place is a crazy place dude yeah (laughs) i just read that if the sewage system or like the they have to constantly be pumping water out of the the subway system there and if they don't if they stop for two days i think it's new york will explode (laughs) it'll like it'll it'll um flood the city in the city the foundation of everything it just fucks everything that was i was actually in the 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 last of us saying they were researching damaging like buildings and all that stuff so sorry sorry you were saying though i just i just new york is a fucking crazy place it is man and it's like good and bad you know like yeah everything feels very like just so far away you know yeah and then chicago it's like man everything felt like possible you know so it was i had this weird push and pull then like i got into skating and i also would do like i was in the writing like graffiti you know and stuff like that and then you know like there's the point where man you got to go to school and i was like well graffiti's kind of like typography i guess yeah <laughs> you know so yeah. i landed up doing design and then from there it was just like um wait is this the question you asked me about yeah yeah right? well i mean we're talking about your your upbringing and kind of where oh. you came from and i was asking you you're talking about separated parents oh. and then you're talking about new york and how crazy it is and the money aspect of new york like man i'm just trying to think like uh well man like it, it's weird it, it's like uh i don't even know if my parents were fully aware of like what i was in they just knew i was like always wanted to express myself like when you really think about it skating is a form of expressing yourself. oh absolutely you know? it's poetic <laughs> man shit's nuts so like that's what i was really and i would when i got in this shit i would like dive super deep to the point you know like i'm trying to trick and it doesn't work i'm like crying you know i'm like why is this working you know because <laughs> i need another 40 hours to to do this you know? yeah yeah so like probably from skating i learned about work ethic but then skating is cool because it brings you like in contact with so many different people so then from there like my artistic palette is opening like i'm listening to hip-hop punk new wave you know whatever yeah 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 i love watching skate videos because they had such like on a good skate video they had the best taste in music yeah the coolest shit in there you'd have like gangster gangstar i guess and then you have like roiksop or something you know like yeah intertwined with one another yeah so it, it was that, you know, and then like, you know, my mom used to like buy me weird artistic things like, oh, here's a paint set where I'm painting monster trucks with oil paint, <laughs> <laughs> by, by, but it's like paint by numbers type of deal, you know, so I'm doing that kind of shit. That's right. Like, growing up in New York, you know, it had a heavy like graffiti influence, yeah. you know, so it's like just seeing all that and like. Well, what generation are you coming from? Like, how old are you? I'm 40. You're 40, yeah. So you were really in the. That was in the like b-boying was really big and all that stuff too. Yeah, like, like New York was the fucking hub, especially back then. It was dope. Yeah, it's it, super it was, dope. It was like, kind of innocent too back then, right? Like how. Yeah. It wasn't like. Into it because you loved it. Exactly. You know what I mean? There was a like, love for it. Yeah. And it just like you know amazing stuff would come on the radio, but it's it's like it felt like it was special and just for you. Yeah. You know, so it's like kind of being organically a part of something like, you know, and just like uh, I'm a little kid. I'm seeing like Keith Haring stuff pop up. It's yeah, like, well, that's so I didn't cool. even know what that was, but it was just it was just banana. It was like that was a it was a, a game changer for me. Like there's a dude drawing with chalk. It's a human caterpillar around. the Like what is happening? Like you don't even it was just it was just dope. Yeah. You know, see all these things like evolve you know and then like 
I don't know, man. It's like weird. My father uh, uh, did photography at some time, not professionally, but that was like his hobby. And he was really into building models and stuff. So I was just kind of just around that vibe, you know, mm. and I'm just attracted to free thinking people anyway. Yeah. So all my friends were like just bizarre, you know, like he's hanging out with this one dude and it's like, I remember the, the key thing that stood out for me and with this kid was like they had blue cornflakes at his house and his father would meditate in the living room like and under a pyramid <laughs> you know like <laughs> going watch him we're watching this staring at this dude meditating you know <laughs> it was just like <laughs> but all he those couldn't things, write that shit yeah <laughs> all those things just opened me up to different you know to being accepting of different ideas you know and different totally. lifestyles you know so i don't think there's one specific thing that did it for me like I'm a definite, like, chameleon type of person, you know? Like, I hung out with, you know, crazy thug guys. I'm not a thug, you know, whatever. Skaters. <laughs> like, you know, I would play Dungeons & Dragons, you know? Like, you know, I just... What I a just cool a, life then, yeah. You I had feel... a pretty dope childhood, man. I'm not even going to lie. Like, That's good. I mean, would like, but yeah, if you're coming... Um, so, it's like the 70s. So, you're in the 70s of... Whoa, whoa. Not, wait, like, late you... 70s, right? <laughs> Yeah, like I was born in '73, you know. Okay. Like, so like, but you're like, like '80s. '80s is when you could, well, at least for me, that I could start. I to guess, really yeah. Well, because I consider myself an '80s kid, but I'm I'm 30 years old. But I'm thinking, if you're 10 years ahead of me, then you're experiencing New York in like amazing time. Yeah, uh, it was because I was really crazy. in graffiti as well, and so like it was that that would always be like the dream time for me to go, if I ever had a time portal to go when I was really into graffiti and, and b-boying and stuff. That was like the place that I wanted to go because that was when it was purest. It was just like people had fun. It was about expression. It wasn't about like trying to sell some deodorant or some stupid shit where it's used now no. or like it's on this like these singing, dancing, judging shows or just like totally bastardized like. You know, like all I do is power moves and windmills, and it's like go, go fuck yourself. Where's your style? Like you know, like it's, it's. I get annoyed by a lot of stuff. I guess I like get older. I guess you know. So <laughs> it, it it doesn't quite feel the same. It's more like gymnastics. Like I feel the same vibe too, man. Like yeah. I tried to watch something a couple months ago, some Red Bull Super Breakdance Challenge, and I was like, yo, I, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah but is that because like, we're getting older or is that just because it's just like it doesn't make we're not connected to it i think it's like BM, bmx and, yeah like i used to ride bmx it's like now at the x games it's like literally like i don't even know how these guys are doing it they're like playstation people like yeah how are you doing a double backflip off a curb with like no hands no seat no it's like what no brakes like geez. it's but like it's, how dare you guys you like siegfried and roy of the bmx scene or something it's like what the hell <laughs> yeah like i'm waiting to see what, what like what's the next you know like what's this generation's like cultural thing or is it already here and it's just happening in the form of tumblr and whatever yeah you know online you know yeah um but it's like all that stuff man it's just like it, it was a great time and it's still like it's part of my mind is still there you know like it, it was really important to be original so i think a lot of that sticks yeah. with me to probably to a fault at times you know yeah that's good, <laughs> that's good. you know but it's like uh yeah, man, it's like I'm just trying to think, like, because that's an interesting question. Like, was there? I can't pinpoint anything specific, you know, about that. Like, uh, I, I spend a lot of time like out of the house, so it's almost like it's the best, the best too. 
people like yeah so like a community friends you know like really raised me more than just straight you know parents like my mom sent me to chicago out of fear that something bad you know because i was getting older you know yeah sent yeah. me to live with my dad in Drugs chicago stuff yeah yeah so it's like that that was so she sacrificed you know we were talking about sacrifice early like I'm now further away from her, you know, mm-hmm. but she felt like that was what was best. And, you know, it definitely was, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. easy to get lost as a kid. And especially I think that's one thing I've been noticing, too, is like with the distraction of all Steve Jobs contraptions. The kids yeah. nowadays are just like um, they're not outside, you know, and, and due to fucking disgusting molesters and, and kidnappers, parents like myself are like, no, you're not going outside unless I can <laughs> look at you and see you you know yeah well, you know we're yeah. taking you away from me you know which is totally shitty and unfortunate but the generation like we we're talking about when we were growing up it's like yeah fucking come back and be home by six you know get out of here you know like yeah the, baby the street uh, lights come on or exactly. something whatever and we run in running home in the cold like oh shit <laughs> my mom's gonna be pissed and then you know, it's, those are the fun days, man. Those are good days. And I think that the generation now is, of course, I'm, I'm sure they have such a great time as well. It's totally different, but it's just, it's just that it's just different, you know, and whether it's good or bad, it is what it is. You know, it's just, it's interesting, you know, and, and to be content creators like ourselves, it's, it's very key and interesting and important for us to be as connected as possible to ourselves importantly, but also to what the generations of, of the current day are interested in as well you know, because that's who you're connecting with on certain platforms, you know, so being aware of, like, what everybody's interested in, you know. But it's like, uh, you know, and then I feel like I'm really fortunate where I'm at now. Sometimes I definitely take it for granted, but to be able to work on something that millions of people would interact with is pretty dope, you know, like, when I first started, like, like, uh, getting out of school, you know, um, like, I figured out, how much money I needed to make to just survive. Like, I was just like, dude, I just want a job, just a basic job that's not going to suck. And I figured a design job that I would get uh, where I enjoyed the design wasn't going to pay me a lot because they do awesome stuff. So I was like, as long as I could buy two pairs of jeans per year, like I did that, (laughs) you know? And then from there, that's how I was going to judge where I worked, right? Yeah. But it's like everything just kind of worked out, you know, like, uh, because I just constantly always just kept pushing for the next thing like i'm like i got this thing this isn't good enough now i need this you know i need that the connection with matt owens you know like everything just kind of get that skateboard learning mentality coming back yeah out. dude yeah. it's weird everything just it moves blends. over it shifts over yeah it, everything blends you know like so your your character like I don't, I don't know i wish i had some good advice because i feel like a lot of students listen to your stuff and then let's and i feel like but only a few will really like like i wish something like this existed like when i was in do you think like, we would listen to it though i might have yeah. i might have well well think about it right you would look at somebody like a g monk and you go like i love tron i wish i learned like that's what i saw that little kid do to him he's like i love tron and now he went off and he's trying to make his own MoGraph. He got to meet G-Monk. So he's like, look at my shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, check it out. That's so true. So to hear his process, like, so you're going to eat yeah. that up. Yeah. You're going to eat, eat that up. So, like, I it's think true. this is uh, pretty powerful. You know, like, for me, I would listen to all of them. Like, it's funny, like, 
uh, I don't know how you get in your own head, but I have my own creative theories. Like sometimes I feel like it is law. Things must be like this. And that's the only way awesome shit happens. But, <laughs> but at the, there's a little voice in my mind that says, but you can always question that law you just established, right? <laughs> so I'm listening yeah. to your podcast and I hear certain things where that are very similar or alike. And it's kind of reassuring. You go like, man, I'm on the right track. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I think it's good for people that are on their way to doing shit. It's sure. good for people that are already like seasoned, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, good. I think it's an interesting resource. And I think it's it's like finally – um, we have the platform to do such a thing, you know, like, um, the, the idea was, you know, the original, the, the, the big renaissance of the time was created when the press was created, right. You know, it's like trans transitioning thought to word, then distributing it out. And I think this is the next big wave of it. It's the renaissance of uh, communication and communication on the front where it's like, it's, it's too much, but at the same time, like, it's a, it's just right if you want to if you know where to get it you know the right communication yeah. and I think that the, the the form of what this is the platform like you know like Gmug okay like he's a very busy individual and not everybody that's a fan of his work which he has a lot of fans thankfully for himself but he can't get to them at all so and all of them I can't imagine he can maybe he does I don't know well I'm just speaking out of my ass but there's other guests that on here that are either antisocial don't want to eat answer emails but you get a chance to spend two hours or so and you really get a decent understanding, you know, like I had Greg Broadmoor on the other day. You know who he is? No, no I feel like a small because like you mentioned these people. I'm like, I have no idea who this guy well, you've is. You've seen District 9, right? <laughs> yes. Well, he, yes. he, I, I, he was like the creative art director for that film, the props and the robots and all this shit. Um, Wait, is he? He's not the crazy. Who's the? This isn't the same guy who's like the crazy uh, concept artist that has the uh, that designed all the robots as well, is it? Yeah, that's, that's him. working on that. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, there's there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's quite a few of them um, over at Weta that are really badasses, but Greg is one of them. But he's incredibly busy too, and not everybody can get a chance to get a good conversation with him. But the podcast allows for a little peek into this person's world you know and to talk about big concepts and stuff you know yeah i have about six or seven like i was just like tabbing through my laptop of the people that i was like okay these are the stuff i want to listen to first you know like the dude from mondo justin and like there's a wide variety of stuff i feel Scott like Robinson i ruined that with that one that I no, don't say that, dude. Oh, I, I haven't listened to it yet. I didn't get I didn't get nearly <laughs> as deep or into what I wanted for that one, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to go talk about like much more, so I need to do part two with him because he's a really awesome dude. Man, yeah, yeah. listen to that one. Wait, I mean, you, fuck, you might love it. So I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a bit harsh on this stuff because I want it to be really great, you know? Yeah. Or at least dig in deep about these things, but. But yeah, I think we're in a day and age where this is ability for people to do. And I think that if you're really interested in this stuff, you should go out and do it. It's being about being proactive, I think, you know, and, and reaching out to people. I've, there's so many times that I've reached out to people that hasn't worked out or are busy and stuff. You know, I'm trying to get big people on and, and it takes a lot of effort, you know, to get these people on so I can have a good conversation. Cause, because I'm selfishly desiring talking to these amazing people because it's almost like I'm able to take in a little bit of their their madness and like oh, this is how you did it yeah yeah, yeah it's okay yeah. <laughs> yeah, what about uh what about you like uh because it's funny man like uh 
you know, like, I, I'm a fan of your work. I work with people who are a fan of your work. Thanks, and man. it's like, we started, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. I just bowed my head a little bit. So. And then we started the conversation way back, something about, something about what is an art director, but we didn't quite hit it. And, and I want to ask you, like, what do you, uh, how would you define what an art director is or what they do? Um, so I would go to the definition of what a director is, and I think that's a leader. Mm-hmm. And a leader is somebody that knows the position of everybody involved in the team enough to do it themselves mm-hmm. um, decently, mm-hmm. if not expertly. Um, so so then if we're going to go to a, an art director, an art director to me is somebody that is a thinking person is able to direct and use thought and be defined in their own definition of as to where the destination that they're going towards. So mm-hmm. I think that is what it is to me. If I'm, if I'm tasked as being an art director, my ideas are valued more than anything else and how I can direct those values and images or whatever onto a team of people. And get them to like magnify. Yeah. That the, the, your ideas, concepts, etc. Yeah, the the term yeah. leader and director is very similar to me, I think. And a a great director is a great a great leader. I think of like I've never met him, I've never worked with him, but like guys like John Lasseter, or um, like I guess like James Cameron. That's like been a consistent thing that I've heard from so many talented people that I know in the movie industry is that James Cameron's smarter than everybody on the set, and he can do everybody's job better than them. That's wow. and that's what makes them all respect him, and even when they have confrontations and and and, <laughs> and battles because he has a massive ego. Because like you know, what are you gonna do when you're when you're that dude that's making these crazy films, you know? So, but um, yeah, he that's that's been um kind of a consistent. So that's what, like I I answered that very broadly. I guess I yeah. did as good a job as you did. So <laughs> I think that's a typical art guy thing, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> the one, the, that was the one thing I was going to say. Just I was like, hmm, I wonder if he means like when you say like be a master of everyone you're directing like me and you can do their jobs. Like are you saying like, for example, uh, Cameron can go in and like do character animation or, you know, he can rig the lights and whatever 3D package they're using or you you know what I mean like totally. I'm that's more that's more finite and specific I think I think what I'm saying is that he knows how to do your job better it's almost like he would he would go like well there's no spill light here and this isn't here and this material's wrong he might not necessarily know the program unless you teach it to him I guess but yeah. the the program isn't really what he cares about it's more about like he has the vision but I guess that's kind of contradicting what I'm saying I think that in order to direct, you can't. You need to at least have an understanding of what the fuck you're doing. Like the worst, <laughs> the worst situation you can be in in life is if you go out in the ocean with some dipshit that doesn't know what he's doing and how to get you to where you need to go because it gets yeah. really dangerous quickly. And I look at like design jobs and projects the same way as that. I'd go like, well, I'm gonna invest all this time and effort, and I don't want to get lost, you know. And um, if this guy's leading and I don't feel like it's right, it's gonna sketch me out, you know. But then yeah, that's that's the yeah. trust thing, you know. I've worked in, under and with so many amazingly talented people that um, that I just admire, and and um, I you know like Ben Proctor is a prime example, just a really humble dude, fucking talented through the roof, and just 
um, just a great person to work with, you know, he was, he was the dude that got me connected with Ender's Game and all that stuff too, so he was my main connection for that and stuff, so it was really awesome, but um, yeah. Yeah, no, I just asked that stuff specifically because I think sometimes, like, for example, someone can hear, like, the broad thing and may not fully understand what you're meaning, sure. you know, so that that's the only reason I was like, well, be specific, and then also, uh, I don't know, man, because, like, I, I like to use you as an example for even people I work with on, like, uh, you know, like, I show them your work, because it's also great because you have, like, the full process, you know? Like try to show sketches that. and try stuff. As shitty as you know? it is, I'm like super like, oh, this is so crappy. But I know that I think that I would appreciate that. Yeah, it's a valuable, but it's like a valuable step, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like you're figuring, you're, you're solving a lot of the problem there. Like it, a lot of hours are saved versus like sometimes when you just jump straight into Photoshop. I, I do that still, you know, but there's something that happens when you like sketch basic concepts and ideas out on paper yep. that, uh, you know, leads to a, a better ending, you know? It totally does. That's a big thing to actually bring up. I think it's not the best thing to, to solve problems in the computer. I think that you, the computer will never give you the answers necessarily. I mean, it'll give you basic things like, you know, uh, how to cook something from recipes to allrecipes.com or something like that, but it won't, if it won't, it won't help you solve complex uh, problems and when you're trying to solve complex problems the last thing you need is the distraction of, of a computer i think to be completely yeah. honest i think what you need is you need to uh, dig deep inside yourself for the solution find it think about it and i'm guilty of it just as much as most people i think that sometimes i instantly go like well i can probably find it on the internet and then i vastly look <laughs> on something and 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 that's been a really big thing a big eye-opener for me as well it's not wasting time on the internet because it can be very distracting you know yeah total time sink you it know? is yeah it's uh like i'm people are like get on pinterest i'm like no don't tell me that well, pinterest is dope like i, now, I, that, I know it pinterest. is it's it's amazing I, but like, it's like <laughs> shush don't tell me that but i only do it and you know like i like i i ride transit to work so i do it mm. then or like i'm doing i'm eating you know like i do it like i don't know like just at any time and it's sure. kind of cool because sometimes you start in one area and you're like fuck this is cool this gives me another idea you know sure boom. sure like, but uh, really, as long as it's helping you i think there's nothing wrong with it you know it's like it's like your consumption i guess you know as long as you're consuming it properly i guess it's like yeah. sure why not you know but i think for me it just gets instantly like <laughs> fuck i'm in the, it's like, like porn yeah, it, it is, is like porn it's just like can't stop looking at it and then 10 hours goes by <laughs> and i have nothing to show for it as, except a boner <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's like yeah. you just admitted on your podcast you're a porn addict <laughs> <laughs> oh guess, shit yeah well but i guess i mean i'm yeah who doesn't like it but i, I don't know if i'm addicted to it but i mean if it's on of course i'm not going to turn it off so <laughs> if my if my hand magically turns it on every morning at eight o'clock no <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. dude but uh wait wait this time because you I, I feel like i forget the whole computer thing i look at it like uh, a mini like it just amplifies what you're able to do like i'm a big fan of like andy warhol and then now the modern day would be like murakami you know like they had an army of people helping execute, you know, their, their thoughts. But really also, if you really look at that, like the computer is Andy Warhol's factory, you know? So sure. it's like, 
you could do all types of banana stuff that you just can't feasibly do physically by yourself. You know, like you can only ink so much like you being a human printer. That's like that's a, such a funny like just description, a human printer. But that's exactly what it is. You know, it's a good way to look like, at it. Yeah. So it's uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I I tend to look at the computer as more like it magnifies more more so than solves or fixes shit for me. Sure. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to look at it though. I think that's a key to it, and I think that if you can use it properly as a tool rather yeah. than your answer, then you are on to the right. It's it's like a gun, you know. I look at it like a gun. It's the same thing. It's like you can choose it to shoot and kill something, so you can eat and consume and and, and live. Or you can use it to shoot somebody, ruin your life and stuff. So it's like, it's a matter of how you use it, you know. And I think some people misuse it. Um, there's been a really weird thing that I've been noticing too. Um, like out in uh, China, there's uh, there's like, there's the youth out in China has been a, like, there's some people that have been really, like the kids have been really addicted to the internet. There was mm-hmm. like a special on it. They like would wear diapers so they wouldn't, <laughs> they, would, no. they wouldn't have to leave the seat. Yeah. They're like That's addicted crazy. to WoW and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's a... Uh, pretty interesting so they have to there's like the special on the kids having to go to the like kind of like boot camp and stuff it's fucking nuts wow um, to break them up well i mean yeah man people do that uh in the states as well like just crazy uh you know like marriages breaking up people getting married to the person they're playing world of warcraft with like <laughs> it's pretty bananas it's funny ryan hawking who i had on the podcast earlier he he met his fiance um or his wife, sorry. Um, I, they've been together for a long time now. I think they have two or three kids. I can't remember. Wow. And uh, But they were playing video games. They were playing, like, Call of Duty or something. That was their thing. And, and it turned out they were actually lived in, like, the same town out of everybody in the world and in in, in everything. It was... They lived close by, and then they met up, and then they were friends, and then, you know... But they've known each other playing uh, video games for, like, years or something. But wait, playing like stuff like Call of Duty? Yeah, him and his that, wife. Now that's a mind. Do you, have you played like Call of Duty, that kind of thing online, like Halo first-person shooters and whatnot? I've played some of it. Yeah, I've played it. Yeah. The culture in that blows my mind. That they like because of the culture that's there. I'm surprised he was able to meet his fiance yeah. over all the little kids like teabagging. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, suck my dick. Ah, she blew your head off, fag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah there's a lot of shit talking. It's kind of weird. It's like the, you know, like when we were growing up, it would be like you'd talk shit and you'd get in a fight and it was like part of the experience. But now it's like you can talk shit and like be a guy in a car. You know, like we're. You, like I've had so many times where people flip me off in the car. I'm like, really? Well, <laughs> pull on over, dude. <laughs> let's 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 let this happen. You know, like I'm I'm up for this. You know, <laughs> but you oh, know, of no. course not. <laughs> yeah, they live behind the facade of like they'll be protected by the metal protected shell. Protected in there under a bubble, huh? Same with the internet too. But that's what I've experienced with those games too. It's just like, oh man. But it's weird that people live these double lives and stuff. You know, and but yeah, I don't know what the fuck do i know about this stuff you know i'm just i'm just like i like to look at it and it's interesting psychologically and where it's going and i'm somehow influenced by it and i influence it myself being a part of it so which is very interesting i guess yeah 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 meh <laughs> no i'm just taking it in because i'm like ass has road rage <laughs> dude all my i had i had a barbecue like two weeks ago and all mm-hmm. my friends are talking about my road rage stories and i didn't really think i had road rage until they all like 
brought up all these stories, I'm like, fuck, I have road rage issues, man. Like, <laughs> I thought I was yeah. pretty calm, collected person for the most part. <laughs> I am, but like, if you, I don't know, it just this. I, I expect people to be accountable for their actions, and people don't like to be held accountable for their actions. And I should stop trying to play God, I guess, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, just in case I'd hate for someone crazy to meet up with you, you're like, come on out. They're like, yeah, yeah. They're like, here's my gun, and then there goes Ash. No more podcast. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I, but I completely understand. Uh, like that's the problem with the internet. You know, is like people aren't really accountable at times for what they say or do. So they like, <laughs> well, I guess that's why we have the bullying thing, right? Because it's way yeah. too easy to like poke at people at yeah. a distance. Yeah. Yeah, it's been an interesting one too with all the bullying. There's like, there's been a ton of stuff on the TV with like stop bullying or don't bully and stuff, and um, just understandable. I think people are seeing it because of the um, the countless like school shootings and stuff like that, and how what it's yeah. doing to this psychologically doing to students and kids around the world and stuff. And so, I think that they're trying to stop it at the bullying stage, you know, which makes sense. You know, it's bullying is kind of a shitty situation, you know, but. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know going on a tangent, but like, like <laughs> the, 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 there's a lot of shit talking with that those video games though for sure. It's yeah. just yeah, it, it is interesting. His story is fucking crazy. It's on it's on the podcast too. So yeah, his one's crazy just because of the 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 oddness of of how random that was. It's just like how is that even possible? Yeah, it blows my mind like just hearing that. Yeah. But dude, your podcasts are like it, like I said, they keep like they're. They're coming at this rate now too, and they're like two, three hours a piece. So Boom. you're like at the four, like there's like, <laughs> I, like eighty, not like I don't even know how many hours worth of stuff. I'm like, there's no I'm time. Never there's, you, there's, finish you'll all never, this. yeah. It's like Joe Rogan has, so yeah. Joe Rogan has the same thing. Like, I'm a huge pro- like listener of his podcast too. I, I'm probably listening to one a week, maybe if I can, while I work off and on. But um, he 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 like pumps those bitches out like once every other day and they're like two three hours you know like i listened to one the other day with roseanne Barr. it was fucking crazy that chick is nuts wow yeah she, i haven't heard her name for a while she's I, I have a lot of respect just because of she's willing to just be herself yeah she's dope in a world of haters she's just like a, a woman that just is like strong and just like fuck it this is me you know, I, I respect that. I think that's, I don't know, as silly and crazy as she is. And she says some fucking crazy shit on that <laughs> podcast, man. It's funny. But uh, it definitely, um, I think it's cool that she's, uh, that she was on there. And, and Joe, Joe Rogan's such a magic, a magician with, with words and keeping uh, conversations going and stuff. Uh, a lot of respect for that dude. Yeah, he's he's a bugged out dude, man. Like not in a bad way. No, he's you know? in, the, in the best of ways, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely he's a I, I really ad- admire the kind of the way the guy's doing certain things, you know. It's like, he he influenced creating this really for me. I mean, personally, I was like, dude, if Joe Rogan's got this. This is killer. How can I do that, you know? We don't have that for the art community, you know. So He's a big, uh, av- like, weed-smoking dude, Big time, he? big time. He's <laughs> big into psychedelics. And, you know, the interesting thing is he didn't actually start doing any of this stuff for a long time. He, I think he started psychedelics and, and, and um, weed when he was, like, 30s, I think. So wow. he was a full-grown 
matured adult until and then he started discovering the power of um drugs and altered states and stuff and so it's really interesting as well you know so but he's big into it and he's got some really interesting um things about it you know like everybody has their own case and and i think that there's a funny thing with all humanity is like if you really want to find an answer no matter what you're going to find it you know you're going to justify your reasoning for whatever it is that you need to do you know and and i think for his case he's just really passionate about weed and he finds a way to figure out how to manifest it into a sense where it makes sense for him you know and works so yeah yeah, it seems like it works really well for him he gets super productive and gets shit done whereas (laughs) which is like the complete opposite for most people but i've heard there's i've heard there's been a lot of advancement within like um the consumption of that like with weed and stuff and how people um sometimes if there's uppers and downers and some some people get they just, you know, take a little, like, hit off of a joint or something, and they're really pumped up about life, and they're just able to get focused and do what they need to do. So everybody's different, you know. And I think if people are willing to put caffeine and coffee in their body or drink alcohol and get belligerent, then why the fuck not just smoke some weed? Who gives a shit, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. It's a silly argument for me personally. I just, you know, I grew up in Hawaii. It's just, like... It's really like, it's that's the way of the land <laughs> yeah know, no, I actually i've never like I, yeah well i i mean i don't actually i don't smoke weed so i don't know but i was um, about to ask you are you into like because isn't he into something else too like some it's not as to lots of stuff <laughs> he's into <laughs> like, um isolation ch- tanks as well where you go in yeah and, i heard yeah. him talking about that with david cho i feel mm, like david cho's one is so funny yeah, that David Cho, he's he's a fucking crazy bitch. <laughs> yeah, I love that dude, man. Like his work is really dope. I don't get his work. See, that's what's funny. Uh- <laughs> and, and a lot of people <laughs> love like- his work, but I'm like, I don't know. Like, um, I get the idea of him as a person, and mm-hmm. that's funny and it's cool. And like, I and I maybe it's part of me is just like kind of jealous because he figured it out. <laughs> but like, literally, like I'm just like, uh, I'm not impressed. You know, but I don't think I'm supposed to be impressed, you know, but see, he did figure it out and he didn't, you know, like that Facebook thing. It's like, you know, I don't know, man. That's like, that's crazier than the lotto like situation. Yeah. You're talking about like the artist, David Cho, for those who are listening to know the story just quickly, David Cho is an artist and he, uh, was approached by um, the dude Zuckerberg, I guess, before Facebook yeah. was Facebook, and that dude really liked his work, and he said, "Hey, will you do some pieces for the studio, um, Facebook Studio?" And uh, we all, I only have so much cash, but I can pay you in shares at the company. And then David took shares, and um, and then you know, they'd be, literally when they went when they went public, he became a millionaire instantly, yeah, like crazy like, millions, like crazy amounts private of jets and like it's just ridiculous. Yeah, life changing. Uh, event you know and now he just it's, he just gets he's got the funniest craziest story because he's <laughs> such a raunchy bitch you know yeah his, yeah his podcast with joe is amazing yeah it's bananas yeah you know but but just the one quick thing about his work is that i think he does so many different styles yeah that it's kind of hard to like zone in on like i don't like every single thing he does yeah but there's certain there's a certain channel of his that i definitely dig and i and i like his persona on top of that i think that's know? what it is that i i think is fun you know like yeah. because he's silly and when i get to know him more on the podcast with joe i'm just like this guy's fucking bonkers he's crazy like uh, like if i don't like his art i do dig like how crazy he is you know like i appreciate that and a lot of these guys in that field are kind of like that they're just kind of abstract thinkers they're not like 
um, video game dudes were like, I want to render this city and all this. You know, it's like that's very specific. These guys are more like, I'm trying to convey an emotion idea, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was also like, I watched Anthony Bourdain's uh, Parts Unknown, or Places Unknown, I think it's called. Or, it's yeah, a really yeah. awesome show. I fucking love that show. And he. The um, CNN uh, one. Yeah, one? It's a, yeah, 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 it's yeah. a fucking fantastic show. And uh, he had, he met up with David Cho, and David Cho showed him around Koreatown and all that stuff. And in uh, la and stuff and it was funny he did it he, david even did like a portrait of uh, anthony i watched that dude yeah. i love that show like, yeah it's great did you see the tokyo one yeah i was just <sighs> about to mention that the like, tokyo one's amazing have you been to tokyo yet? i have not uh, japan i've been to the airport to <laughs> yeah oh yeah we must <laughs> go before we die that's one of my bucket list things i want to go there for like two weeks at least you know yeah, and spend like, time the way they go in on like if you're like I'm a dude that likes mushrooms. Then you're like mushroom man. Like you yeah. consume all kinds of mushrooms. You look at photographs of mushrooms. <laughs> like you are just... a laser of humanity. Yeah. And I'm yeah. sure not every Japanese person. Of course not. That, There's but... a lot of youth that are coming out like <laughs> fuck that. I just want to chill, you know. But the the general the general culture from what I've seen and and my wife's half Japanese, so like I get a little bit of that from her family as well. So but um yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. Um part of what makes them amazing. There's that Jiro Dreams of Sushi is like one of my favorite films that. Like documentary. Yeah. It's so great. So great. It's just because it's like, damn, when you really want to fucking do something, you just keep going and you just you just you can be the best at that if you focus on it. Many life lessons to be yeah, when you watch that that dude's process, right? You know? Dude, they have a statue of Gundam in their land. <laughs> I love them. I just love the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, I just went I recently went out to the Philippines to speak out there. It was an amazing experience and um I had to fly I had to drop off into Japan and connecting flights. And I was just like, Oh, I just want to get out of this airport. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, no, of course I had obligations, but I was like, dude, I just want to jump off this airplane and like just run into the streets and just be a dumbass, you know, but eventually (laughs) I'll go there when I can focus on it and stuff. So dude, I have to jump away, unfortunately, because I have to go get this stuff taken care of. We need, we need to do part two. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. It's like, remarkable how easy it is for us to talk having only emailed back and forth like t- five times you know yeah i'll probably be bugging you about all kinds of weird shit every now and then let's do it all on the podcast <laughs> how about you we just consolidate it all and, and then we'll come back we'll be like okay what about that what about that we'll just do a podcast about it totally that'll be more Wait. fun it'll be way more fun than a stupid fucking email chain you know <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you one word of parting advice sure 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 speak i have to do a presentation tomorrow right okay and every so often i get a little nervous i got to do one in front of the whole studio oh wow, do you still do you still get nervous when you uh present or what i think i'm sh- i'm fine now because when i was in when i was in the philippines i spoke in front of a three thousand plus person crowd <laughs> so i was like yeah. it was so powerful I, I i had them do the wave it was that many people um i think yeah of course it, the biggest fear you have is we fuck up right and people are like judging yeah. you you know and and i think um one of the biggest fears we have other than death is 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 uh, being judged um inappropriately or not wrongly you know yeah. and um i think the best way you can look at it is uh is to think my friend alistair i have to thank for this kind of stuff is he said just remind yourself that they're there for you and uh not all of them but the ones that are there for you um take advantage of that and and embrace it and um focus on that energy you know you know what yeah I mean? 
And I think that's cool. like the best approach that I, he, my friends have given me. Plus watch like a bunch of really good TED, TED Talks because TED Talks are really great for that as well. They've always been I just a good excite resource. myself too much, man. That's I watch good, a lot of the TED stuff. That's I good though. Super geeked. <laughs> yeah, well, you just go up there and be like, just be honest and, and silly and be yourself. And 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 I think, I think a really great talk speaker. You know, like I watched like I watched um, like Martin Luther King's speeches, and I would watch like um, Steve Jobs talks about you know the fucking iphone and, and there's like this whole pattern of how those guys talk you know and how they deliver their ideas and their concepts you know and there's a way there's definitely a way to um be a magician with with public speaking um i i'm totally far away from it but i'm aware of it you know so but my best advice is just to have fun be yourself you know that's the best way you can do it you know Okay. No, that's cool. That's cool. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, whatever, bitch. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I do that, I was hoping you'd have something like, uh, take two bites of uh, ginseng root. <laughs> <laughs> How about this? Go find a really big juicy blunt and just smoke the shit out of it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No. This. I have no advice really, other than just to have fun, be yourself, and uh, fuck it. You know. And best of luck too. That okay. sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. How often do you get that much attention on you? You know, so. Um, yeah. <laughs> You're all ugh. <laughs> awesome, man. Part two will come. Let's do it. Um, I really want to because it'd be fun. I don't want to cut this short, but I have to go. Um, yeah. But let's definitely do it. Um, I'll have links to your website and um, any of these connecting things and anything you want people to know about or get more information about who you are, what you're doing. Just send it on over to me in an email and I'll make sure I post it into the thread. A lot of people enjoy those and they it gives them oh. instant access to everybody. So it helps as well. So. Okay, cool, man. Thanks cool. a lot for having me. Good Hell time. yeah, dude. Thank you for sharing your day with me. And, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll part two for sure, man we'll get like i said we'll consolidate a nice big email chain and then we'll just go bullet, oh, bullet point and be like a lot of fun we'll probably get two things done out of it and talk about <laughs> talk about something random but yeah it'll be fun cool man well best of luck right. on your talk tomorrow and, and thanks again for your time thank you all right man all right dude. later <laughs>